The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, trying something new here. And this will be the first episode of this new MMA podcast with me and a buddy. I'll let him introduce himself here. Um, and this, like I said, it'll be the first episode. If we don't think it sucks, don't have an official name for the show yet, but uh, he is in the waiting room here. Let's get him in. My buddy Nick here from down under. Let's see. Here he comes. How's it going, man? What's up, dude? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Freaking yeah, good. Talking about some MMA shit here, huh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, first of all, dude, what's going on with you? How you been? Yeah, pretty good, man. I just forgot that we had a uh, public holiday because Lizzie died. So we got the day off today. You guys really do a holiday for that? Ooh, I mean, it's like, I think it's the first time one of them have died in like 60 years. So it's so never happened a while dies. I've been alive. I guess, yeah. They, just, they were just like, all right, we're going to have a public holiday in a week. So we're all like, no one's going to argue with that. We're like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, I can tell you're real upset that she died too. Yeah, it's supposed to be morning day. We're supposed to be morning today. <laughs> well, shit. I hope that you uh, at least had some beers and uh, I don't know what else you partake in, but you know, all the shit that you need to do to get over that, man. It sounds like a tough thing. Are you wearing a Leon Edwards shirt? Yeah, man. Dope. Rocking pound for pound, headshot dead. Is that the brand new <laughs> one that they just made? Yeah, man. As soon as I heard that it was coming out, I was like, yeah, I got to get that. So that's sick. Went on, went on to his uh, management site and bought it. He has that one and uh, that look at me now one too, right? Yeah. There's a few different like pictures and styles that they've got hoodies and stuff like that, which is cool. That's sick. How do you think the next one goes? How do you think round two goes with those two? I think I just got to take Leon again. Um, I think he's just like, I, I don't know if it goes the same. Maybe it doesn't even, maybe there's no part of it that looks the same, but I, I feel like when you've, when they've been in there with someone for that long, you know, 25 minutes, they you get you get a really good idea of, of of kind of how that person feels their strengths their weaknesses i mean for both of them really like usman's going to know a lot more about leon actually it's 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 longer than 25 minutes isn't it 50, they, right didn't they do five yeah. rounds the first time this was a long time ago though i think it was three rounds the first time so they've done five and three okay. so yeah so i mean they've got a lot of time in there um 40 minutes yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah yeah yeah, dude, I uh, it was weird to watch that. And like, I don't think that anything is going to be the same. It can't be the same because the altitude seemed to really fuck with everybody that night, man. It was it, I mean, Luke Rockhold, too. And even Paulo Costa, who's in great shape. I mean, the dude is is in phenomenal shape and he didn't look like himself. Nobody did other than like Marab. Marab seemed fine. Yeah, well, Marab's from the mountains. So, you know, he's he probably just lives in that altitude his entire life and he's so used to it. So, I mean, that was another thing I was going to say as well. Like that makes a lot of sense that their cardios are going to be a lot different next time because of that altitude seemed to be playing a part in everyone. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Like 
I'm, I'm, I'm actually very excited to see how it goes. I think, I don't know. I just, I got to go with the underdog again. I assume like, I assume Usman will be favorite again because everyone will say it was a fluke and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, dude, that, there was, there's no way that that's a fluke, man. It's shitty that they take that away from him too. Cause I think mm. he's dope, man. I didn't really know much about him to be honest. Like I'm, I'm somewhat. Uh, like i've liked the ufc especially since i was a kid but i kind of got out of it you know having to buy the events and shit like that when you're broke doesn't really work out too well and i found out recently too they're way cheaper in australia to buy i wouldn't say way cheaper but i think they're a little bit cheaper um how much i think it's between 50 and 70 dollars i don't always pay for them so (laughs) yeah i mean i i I I like to support the fighters through buying their shirts and stuff. I think like the money just goes directly to them if you do that. When you're buying the pay per views, like yeah, they get pay per view points and stuff. But the UFC's getting most of that money, and then like I'd I'd buy some of them, but you know I'm still stingy on them too because they're still like seventy Australian dollars or something. So yeah, I think the is it like a hundred us or something how much so is it usually, for you guys? usually it's 75 american dollars but i was looking at it because i was trying to figure out how to get cheaper ufc fights like i i, I agree like i i'd rather kind of pay for them to be honest just because i don't want like i want to fully enjoy it i don't want there to even be like a tiny bit of anything that's gonna like make me sketched out of the piracy shit and all that stuff but i was looking at it and i know in japan it ends up being 25 american dollars and I think it ends up being like 45 American dollars in Australia. If you use a VPN and just say that you're watching from there. Yeah. So would like, yeah, 75 American for you guys. That's, that's like a hundred and maybe 15, about 110, 115 Australian dollars. So yeah, that's, that's very expensive. I didn't expect that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, weird. it is a bit cheaper here. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, hey, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So what do you want to get into here, man? I mean, like I kind of before we started, before you hopped on, I just kind of said, you know, this is like potentially the start of something new. Don't even have a name for this if it is going to be a show. And we might not even like let this air if we don't like how it sounds or anything. But I mean, what kind of shit did you want to get into here? Um, well, we can talk about the Contender series because that was interesting. I um, We had a 17-year-old fight. So what do you think that of was- that? Uh, I, I mean, like for for a seventeen year old, he would he would kick my ass. Um, sure, like for a seventeen year old, incredible. Um, and he's like a really good grappler. I, I kind of felt like I was just watching it, just like literally five minutes ago before we got on. I was watching the fight again, and um, I just felt like at times he even forgot that he was in a fight. Like it was almost like he like just thought he was in a grappling match. He wasn't throwing any punches, and it was like when old mate would throw a strike and he get hit in the face. It was almost like he'd wake up and be like, oh shit. I'm, I'm like I'm actually fighting like this isn't a grappling match um but no he, like he's good um one thing I like he's 17 so it's like the UFC can can do this in 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 so many ways they can slow play him because he could literally do like one fight a year yeah for the next five years and it will do no damage to his career because he'll be like what 23 at that point yeah. you could do one fight a year do 10 months of training a year build up those skills to a crazy level and then go make a title run at like 23, 24, or they could go the whole route of youngest UFC champion and play the whole 17, 18 year old kind of thing. Um, I mean, he's definitely got time to, to build the skills. I just like, if they try and fast play him though, I don't think that's going to go very well. 
yet i think he already i think he just turned 18 today if i heard correctly okay. they were saying that his birthday was the day after the the week nine contender series and i have it pulled up here um so he's already 18 it's official he's an adult now so he can like i guess definitely get in to uh and what a weird thing too why not why not play him the 10th and final week right why not run him out there when he is 18 it's a gimmick it's a total gimmick obviously i mean i think everyone knows that but this dude that he fought this mondo gutierrez i was surprised with how bad this dude's fight iq was man he was not not as good as i thought he was going to be i think you could put Mm. an average 25 year old in there uh an average 25 mma fighter uh doesn't need to necessarily be the ufc I think this Mondo Gutierrez is way below average, dude. And that's not to take away from this kid. I really didn't think he was going to win. I kind of didn't want him to win. I think that it's kind of bad to get into this that young at this high of a level. But if they slow play him, like you said, I think that, you know, it could be potentially uh, a game changer for not just him, but any young kid trying to get into this. Yeah, I mean, they could do like a development type thing with him. Somehow I feel like they're not going to do that. Like they're going to... They're going to probably bring guys in for him to fight and they're, they're going to play off the gimmick thing. The 18, like youngest UFC fighter by, I mean, I think the youngest UFC fighter previously was maybe like 20 or 21. I think so, 19, that dude with the curly hair. I forget his name. Chase Super. Is that him? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, he was very young too. Um, and I mean, look, like he he's not having the worst career. Like he's... He's, I feel Chase Super kind of started too early only because of the fact that he hadn't like fully matured physically. So he was like getting manhandled in certain situations. Um, but he seems to be now. Um, whereas this kid, this kid looks a bit more filled out. Like he, sure. he, he looks, you know, a bit more, um, adult like in, in, in his like sort of in the physical sense. Um, I did find like he was having a bit of trouble at times, like, like trying to get the like the finish with this guy, yeah. he just didn't seem to have the strength against the twenty five year old to do it. But I mean, he well, he still dominated him. It was thirty twenty seven. Um, I think that was like ten minutes of control time or something. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. There's something weird about that dude because I, I remember when we were talking about this, we DM a lot about this shit, obviously, and yeah. it's fun. It's kind of a trip to me still, even though like I've grown up around this technology it's funny to be able to watch a fight live and talk to somebody being here in the United States, talking to somebody in Australia and go back and forth live on this shit. It's it's, it blows my mind. Like when I really think about it, but I was saying this, that, you know, Rosas here, he has fought the people that he's fought. You add up all of their wins and their total fights even, and they don't add up to how many wins Gutierrez had, right? You got a zero (laughs) and two dude, a two and zero, a one and zero, a zero and zero, a zero and one. And then obviously his grappling fights before that, man, that's not much experience at all, dude. And so that's why I was like, dude, there's no fucking way that this guy is going to beat this 25 year old who on paper looks so much better. You see who he's fought uh, f- uh, five and zero was Ros- uh, Rosas and then four and one, four and four, three and one, three and oh, five and two. That's not a bad record right there, you know? It's it's crazy that it worked out like that. And like, you know, my conspiracy brain sometimes makes me think that these things are totally set up for this shit oh, to dude, happen. It's the UFC, man. They have the best matchmakers in the game. They have all the money in the game. They can set up. They can make anyone look like anything that they want to. So, uh, yeah, at this point, I don't even think that's conspiratorial. Like, that's just like, that's the truth with so many 
Yeah, I agree with you, man. Like they could have literally brought in this guy. I mean, I didn't know of this guy beforehand. Um, yeah. they, they could have seen something in this guy previously and went, this this kid's going to have it all over him. Um, yeah, you, you could be absolutely right about that. Or I saw that he fought a guy his... with... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just, I saw that this guy, he fought someone with the last name Worthy. I wonder if that's that Karma Worthy. I wonder if he's related to him. Chaka Worthy, yeah. There's a, there's a UFC fighter or ex UFC fighter called Karma Worthy. Karma Worthy, okay. I never heard of him. See, that's the thing. You know a lot more of these names than I do, and I think that's why, you know, if we get this show off the ground and we actually start something with it, I think it could be pretty cool, dude, because I come at it from a completely different angle than you do, and we even really disagree on the bets quite often. And, I mean, you know, we're going to, you know, eventually lay down some, like, ideas for bets and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I'm I'm down to, like, put what I think and then what you think on these things. But, dude, I mean, do you, do you think it goes as far as, like, maybe they took Gutierrez and they, they said, hey, we'll pay you a certain amount of money, $20,000, $25,000 to go in there and just kind of roll around with this kid and, you know, make it make it clearly dominant for him. I just again on paper i don't think there's any way that this dude loses i i just really don't that's what i that's in my head i see anything that far i just like purely off the like you got to think of the ego a 25 year old fighter with a record of 7 and 1 previous to this fight 7 and 1 like the ego he's got he's he's not going to he's not going to lay down for 20 grand or anything like he was going out there to beat to beat roses like okay in my opinion but i but i just think like sean shelby and mick maynard the, the matchmakers that you'll see like they they know stuff that we don't know like they see things and they're able to make matches that people like beforehand will be like oh that's that's either you know this guy's gonna blast that guy or this is an uh, uneven matchup and and you watch end up watching the fight and it's just completely different to what you thought beforehand i just reckon i think these guys i think the matchmakers would have brought in someone that they knew could test this guy but wasn't going to beat him okay make him look good kind of yeah i mean like you see like for instance um what just a recent one is patty pimlet versus jordan levitt yeah like the matchmakers they knew what they were doing there jordan levitt was seen as a bit of a higher test um people were like oh i really think jordan levitt could do this um, you know, the way people saw it beforehand was very divided, whether it was a blowout going to be a blowout for Patty or whether it was going to actually be a test. Like they knew what they were doing. And when it happened, it was pretty even the first comes to the second. Patty gets the submission pretty easily. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, that was a bit of a better test. They knew what they were doing with that, with those matchmaking. Like they know how to, they can make anyone look like anything they want. They can make people look bad or good. I mean, look what they did with Pereira, for instance. Yeah. He's going to fight Izzy in, in he's, he's what, had four UFC fights and he's yeah. looked incredible. Dude, he, yeah, I want to get into him too later for sure. Um, but you bring up a good point there with like them making certain, certain stars, stars like Patty Pimlet. Kid's really not, uh, he's not top tier in the UFC. He mm-hmm. really isn't. I mean, he's, he's mid grade at best. Jordan Levitt, um, you know, being being where he is, that dude is not high level either. And they're saying that this guy is is a, a, his biggest test. I mean, the dude's a, a big time grappler. That's all that he really is. And and Patty is always looking for a guillotine, right? Like that's the the one thing that he really really does constantly is he's always going for your guillotine. And I heard that that is the very um, 
the lowest percentage submission out there. Like people go for those more often than actually getting them. It's the most, it's the highest percentage of failure in any kind of submission because you can just pop right out of it. Right. So I don't know, man, he, he, uh, he's done a good job marketing himself similar with Sean O'Malley. I think Sean O'Malley is very overrated, dude. I like watching him fight. I'm excited for 280, partly a majority because of him and then Charles. Right. But, Mm. uh, man, he's overrated too. You know, so I don't know. We'll see. How do you feel about those two, though? Like, as far as like where where the public sees them and where their ability actually is. Yeah, so I think like Paddy is Paddy's a really good grappler. He is a really good grappler. Um, his skill in grappling is pretty good. I think he could do well. Um, let's say if he was to just fight UFC fighters in a grappling match, like if they were to go over to Eddie Bravo's freaking grappling or whatever, and he was to go against like. Probably not a Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns would probably wrap him up like a pretzel. But, you know, someone in yeah, the like, top 15, top 10 in grappling, he would probably do pretty well. And he's fought guys beforehand like Soren Buck and stuff. That They're pretty good prospects as well. Um, in terms of like the stand-up, Paddy has so many holes. He leaves his chin exposed so much. Um, his hands are kind of low at times. Exactly, like he's in the lightweight division. So exactly what you're saying. Like as soon as he, like he would not, I don't, I don't see anyone that he could compete with in a top 15 MMA fight right now in the lightweight division. Um, but again, he's like, I think, I don't know how old he is. Is he like mid twenties? Like he's got time to build. Yeah. He's um, got plenty of time to build. So, I mean, we're looking right here at the top 15 in the lightweight division just on UFC's website. I actually like their website. A lot of people don't like it, but I think it's pretty dope. Inverse um, Tony would be interesting, but then I think he would probably even get beaten by Dan Hooker. He'd get beaten by... He'd get submitted by Jalen Turner just purely on size, I think, maybe, because Jalen Turner's like six foot three and like a, a black belt, I'm pretty sure, in jiu-jitsu, which Paddy is as well, but... i never heard of this dude. Okay. Yeah, the tarantula... Um, the tarantula dude that's a that's mm. a knockoff that's like a great value version of uh, anderson silva the spider dude yeah. <laughs> the tarantula yeah. uh you got ismagulov um he's i think he's a i'm trying to put him in i think he might be like kazakhstani uh yeah okay yeah i know this guy i think he's a little bit of an older guy this fella um yeah he'd he'd get patty would get beaten by this guy so pretty much like the top 14 i think he would get beaten by well, um, dude, the, the next guy on the list here is Conor McGregor. And I actually heard Shale Sonnen, who I, I love that dude's show. That dude's that, his commentary is brilliant. Like he, he kind of is rambly and ranty, but I like that style of, of talking. Uh, there's never mm-hmm. a second of dead time when you're talking to that or hearing that guy talk. He says that Conor McGregor versus Patty Pimlet would be the absolute biggest pay-per-view in UFC history. And I don't see where he's coming from on that. Um, um, I could definitely, I mean, look, I could definitely see that the, yeah, I could definitely see that if they built it right. Um, not in a, not in the sense of like this would it would purely be on promotion and character. It would be, have nothing to do with what's going to happen in the fight. Sure, but I could see it being yeah, possibly the biggest pay per view just purely off of the hype of Connor, the hype of Patty. That's it. Nothing to do with what's going to happen in the fight. Like just purely off of them to. Like they would do the whole Floyd and Mayweather thing for that fight. I could see they would tour around a press conference. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like hours <laughs> just and talking hours of shit. Press conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I, I could see that. 
just purely on a hype factor, like not even going into what would happen in the fight. But yeah, I could see that being probably the biggest pay-per-view ever, which is silly to say, like so many of these fights don't happen on meritocracy anymore. Yeah, and yeah. same with like the viewership and like the the level of stardom of the fighters. Like none of it's on meritocracy anymore. It's all like hype and what they can do with the social media and stuff, which is fine. Like that's the world we live in. Business, like, yeah. That's, that's Sean O'Malley. Like he discovered early that, he wasn't just getting paid from the UFC. He was getting put on a platform that he could use to to his advantage, you know, go on Twitch, go and get sponsors, do brand partnerships, all this sort of stuff. And 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 that's why he's sort of paid and the way he is, you know, because he, he used the platform as opposed to trying to so much bargain about get what he gets paid from the UFC. He's just like, well, I'm just going to use this platform and get famous elsewhere. And it's worked yeah. for him. It is a shame too, though. Like you said, I mean, it, it, as a as a fight fan, you know, people would want to watch the very best fights, but they are trying to market to a wider audience. I know that they grew like forty six percent during the pandemic, so I mean, they're they're catering to a whole new set of fans. Sean O'Malley being ranked twelve in in his division. What is he bantamweight? Yeah, bantamweight. And fighting one, <laughs> and, and he's fighting number one. He should be. <laughs> At number eight, he should be ahead of Munoz, but he pulled some weird shit. And I think, I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's really weird how that fight shook out. Um, who did he fight right before that? Do you think he was coming back in the second? Because I do think he was starting to come back in the second. I could see that he was starting to figure stuff out. Whether that means he was going to win the second and the third, I do think he was starting to come back in the second. And I think there was... I think there's some weirdness to the fouls and injuries that went down. I'm not going to go as far as to say that like Pedro Munoz faked them or anything, but I just think there was some weirdness. He gets kicked in the groin. He doesn't grab his groin. As soon as the fight stops, he starts like grabbing his eye. Yeah. And like, that was something that O'Malley pointed out, but that's just, that is really weird. Like you get kicked in the balls, you're grabbing your balls. You're not, worrying about something that happened to your eye like i've been hitting the balls a few times and i know yeah. how much it hurts like i'm grabbing them and i'm not grabbing my eyes well dude and as opposed to like this you know during the contender series just to throw it back there real quick dude jacoby took a massive i saw shot. that did that, you see that i did see it briefly i was watching while i was working but yeah i saw like as it happened i saw the replay of it and i was like oh. damn that was yeah and i didn't like, actually clean. realize yeah i didn't actually realize that austin lane had been knocked out by greg hardy Dude, that's I why have, I bet against him. Yeah, I must have completely skipped out of that over my topology when I was going doing my best because that would have really made me question stuff if I had a seen that. I would have been, yeah, and then I saw the replay as the fight was coming on, and I was like, "Holy shit, this dude lost to Greg Hardy! What the hell? Maybe I shouldn't have bet on him." But he, he came one. through in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's he's fought seven some seconds. Names. Yeah. Yeah, 57 seconds. So I, I was going to ask you this too. When it says 57 seconds, is that how much time is on the clock or how much time going into the fight? I believe that is how much time is going into the fight. So in 57 seconds, it happened. I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good luck because, yeah, no. he, he went on to have a very mediocre UFC career. I mean, he fought some badass dudes. I mean, he, but I mean, you know, Spivak is dope. Tai Tuivasa, that's our dude right there. I love Tai Tuivasa. Um, mm. Yeah, Tabora is not that great. Um, okay, I mean, I mean, he's not the like. Look, he's not the worst. He's um, top fifteen heavyweight, but he's not. 
I don't see him as one of like a, 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 an elite heavyweight. I don't see him as an elite heavyweight, put it that way. Sure. So when he comes into the UFC, he loses to Alan Crowder, somebody I hadn't heard of, to be honest. Um, I don't know that name. Yeah, dude. So it's just uh, he had a decent record, I guess, nine and three. I mean, you'd like to see like a more of like a nine and one, but I don't know, man. I think, uh, you know, just to to go back to to like these fighters like O'Malley and stuff that use the the brand. I get it. It's smart marketing. It's good business. But, you know, um, some people say like uh, like the uh, full send guys and stuff, people that are a part of that audience. They say that Sean O'Malley is the greatest of all time and shit, you know, and it's just goofy. <laughs> it's goofy. Yeah, I've got a there's a young guy at my work that um yeah, he was going on about O'Malley a fair bit the other day and, and talking about him like, you know, he's a goat and all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, all right, like I, I didn't say anything, but it, it like it makes me realize how the how the UFC is pushing out to a wider audience and how they are like marketing to different demographics and with with certain people you know i mean you see it with like the chinese stars the russian stars they're targeting certain countries and then they're doing events in those countries and i mean it's good it's good business for mma it's 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 only going to make it more and more popular but then you get a lot of casuals in the mix which hey it is what it is (laughs) it's fun i mean like they everyone has I mean, dude, I'm I'm much more of a casual at this point than like you are. You know, I know that you don't know everything about this shit. No, but dude, you know a lot more than I do. You know what I mean? And and that's why it'll be kind of fun to um just get into this shit a little bit. Um, hmm. I know for a fact, you know, having people like Corey Sandhagen, who's number four in the bantamweight division, he would work O'Malley. I think bad. I think he would beat. Yep. I think he'd beat the shit out of O'Malley. Marlon Vera, like it or not, he beat O'Malley fair and square. I don't really think it was that much of a fluke. He was kind of working him before that. Um, I think Dominic Cruz, honestly, that would be a pretty competitive fight, O'Malley and Dominic Cruz. So um, I felt like I felt like Cheeto was losing a little bit in the fight to O'Malley. But when I say that, you've got to realize Cheeto's losing nearly every fight that he has. And then he knocks a dude out. And he has he, a big shot. Yeah, and then he and he wins. So that's usually how he fights. I think maybe in the Rob Font fight was maybe one of the only fights recently where he was really sort of dominating a guy. Yeah. Um, I think Cruz was having some good success against him. Um, he got beat by Aldo. Um, Edgar was having good success against him. Um, but yeah, Cheeto won those fights. He got he got the knockout. Um, so yeah, like I agree with you. I feel like Cheeto was losing that fight to O'Malley, but then he got the shot that he always gets, and he knocked O'Malley down with the leg thing. And then he, O'Malley was out cold for a second there. You see it in the replay. Cheeto elbows him. O'Malley's lights go out for like half a second, and his arms go up, and then he comes back and he like realizes what's happened, and he's like, "All right." So, yeah, that was a that was a fair shot for Cheeto. He he did literally beat um, O'Malley, but I'd love to see that fight again. And I honestly, see, so we've got O'Malley versus P- Peter Yarn. I don't yeah. think Cheeto's got a fight. The Cheeto O'Malley's always said him versus Cheeto again would be a big fight, and it's now getting to the point where it would be a big fight. Like you could, that could be a main event, really. I take Cheeto in it though, dude. I honestly, I wasn't a big Cheeto fan. Like I, I, cause I, I, I was on that O'Malley bandwagon and I was like, oh dude, this dude got lucky. And then just kind of watching how Vera fights. 
The dude's a G, man. He 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 can take hits. You you can see I, who's beat him last. Who was the last guy to beat him? Aldo. Was it Aldo? Aldo? Uh, no, oh, oh um, Jose Aldo. Aldo. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Who yeah. just retired, dude? Shout out. For me, it was, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. I thought he was gonna have enough. Like he's had one more fight on his contract, so I just thought he was gonna do that. Like it's not like he's been getting dominated. Like he has been beating other dudes. So I was really people surprised. People hate Marab for it, dude. People are so mad yeah. at Marab right now. Yeah. I was a little mad when I was watching that fight. I was like, come on, dude. Like, this is Aldo. Just fight him a little bit. Like, it sucked. Yeah. It sucked. I don't like that style. Like, like a lot of people hate Aljo too, right? Aljamain Sterling. Because I don't like him. I mean, it's a boring style, dude. It really is a boring style. Do you not like his personality or his style? I'm probably more his personality. Um, personality his style is what it is it's it's it, against Jan it was very effective yeah it, I didn't like that he backpacked a lot and didn't seem to be going for the submission and seemed to just be like I'm going to win this round by backpacking um I felt like I feel like you've always got to be trying to finish a guy that's that's the goal like not I'm going to say that I don't mean doing stupid things and putting yourself at risk but like if you've got a guy's back like I want to see major action of you trying to choke that guy out or knock him out. I don't want to see you just sitting on his back going, well, I'm just going to take this round. That yeah. to me is boring and annoying. Um, but yeah, like his, his style is effective. He seems like after he had this neck surgery, it did what it needed to do and it has revamped him. I was very suspicious on that. I was like wondering whether he was going to come back even worse because like neck surgery is a pretty big deal, but um, yeah, he beat Jan. Um, he looked good. Yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward. He's fighting TJ next week, or not next week, but 280, whatever that is, three weeks away, I think. In October. Um, I think I that's think a perfect he probably beats segue. TJ. That, I was going to ask you, dude, how do you feel about that fight? Because, I, I mean, I'm not a big TJ fan. I hate both of them. It's like, <laughs> it's a fight where, like, I hope I hope they that like in the first ten seconds they both come out and kick each other le- each other's legs and they both get Anderson silvered, like that's what I hope happens. <laughs> I hope or they, they both knock both each lose. other out somehow. Yeah, like at the same time, so that no one wins. It has like I want them both to lose. I just hate them both. But yeah, I, th- I think he probably beats TJ with the wrestling. Um, what style is TJ fighting? Do you know off the top of your head? Because I haven't seen this dude fight other than when he fought Sanhagen. I went back and watched that. Well, he says Bang Muay Thai. That's that's what he gets announced as, as a Bang Muay Thai fighter. So he's like pressure, Muay Thai, like that, uh, like a like a cruise mixed with a Garbrandt, like that style. Um, yeah, cruise mixed with Garbrandt maybe. Um, okay. Probably not as good wrestling as cruise. Um, he lost to cruise back there, back yeah. in the day. In 2016. Um, Mm, and that was after Cruz came back from like three years of injuries too, and came back and beat the dude. It was it was pretty cool. But um, dude, Cruz went to a, a high school right down the street from where I grew up. Not the same high school I did, but he grew up in Tucson. And it pisses me off that he claims San Diego as his fucking home, dude. It's just like a cooler <laughs> place to say that you're from than Tucson. Tucson's kind of a dump to a lot of people, but I mean, when you got somebody that's this badass and has done this much in MMA, it's like, dude, you got to fucking put Tucson up a little bit here because no one else does. Yeah, I think I've heard him say it on Ariel's show before, though. That, that's yeah, he's where he's originally tough. from. But yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. So then let's get it. Let's get a little bit into 280, dude. And then I want to go back to 279 because I'm excited for that one too. It's not as much of a stacked card, 
But with 280, I mean, you have, obviously, it's going to be pretty fucking interesting with the middleweight title. Um, another one that's kind of strange, you know, you get this dude that has six fights uh, in MMA. Six and oh, though, right? If I'm remembering right. Alex Perea, and then going against Israel Adesanya, who has become increasingly boring, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about his style and stuff, but what uh, what do you have to say about the main event in 280? Yeah, well, his style, it's effective. Um, It is boring nowadays. It wasn't originally on his come up. He was, you know, very aggressive. I always remember the Brunson fight. That was sick. He knocked that dude down like four times in like 30 seconds. Like that was so sick. Um, The Gastelum fight, crazy. Um, Yeah, and and then, yeah, Silver. Even the Costa fight. Costa fight was sick. Um, but yeah, he's become increasingly boring. I re I just, I think I need to see, I think there it's, I think there's going to be a lot of like mental games played. Like I, I want to see how easy gets at like press conferences and leading up to it. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very hard because I, I don't know if there's going to be any wrestling or anything in it. I could see a world where Izzy just shoots on the dude and tries. Like, he's like a purple belt, or it could even be close to black belt now. There could be a world where Izzy just takes him down and tries to submit him. Mm. Because it's, like, it seems like the easiest way to to victory. Um, Pereira does train with Glover constantly. So I'd very highly doubt that like Pereira has no wrestling or submission ability. Like I'm pretty sure he's, he's pretty decent at that. Uh, but as for like choosing a side right now, I, I literally, I would lean towards Izzy just because of the pedigree and what we've seen. Um, it could be a boring win, but yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not solid on that just yet. Um, it's, yeah, it's and definitely going to be interesting. I just realized what I did too. I said we we're going to talk about 280, and here we are talking about 279. So my bad on that. But yeah, 279 is is this one right here, correct? Um, because 280 think O'Malley's is, is first. Dubai. Yeah, well, I thought O'Malley was before this. No, O'Malley's going to be in Dubai. So you, we just had 278, okay. right? or no? Which one is this? Let me see. UFC. Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit mixed up because I'm pretty sure it goes. We have these two fight nights. We have um, the Yarn Dern one, and then the um, I think it's like Araujo or something. And then I thought after that was the O'Malley, um, Islam Makashev, like all that sort of gear over at Dubai. Yeah, you're right, dude. Okay, my bad. So yeah, 81. We just had 279. 279 okay. was a shit show. Maybe that's what's confusing me here. But yeah, so 281 is what we're talking about. That's my mistake. That's fucking retarded to mix all them up. But yeah, because you have these two. And as far as I'm concerned, man, I don't see Israel Adesanya losing that, to be honest. But I mean, Pereira is pretty dope. He he yeah. hits hard. He's bad, bad, bad at grappling. Um, oh, he's six and one, by the way. There you go. I actually do remember that. I think he got, I think he lost via submission very early, like maybe his first fight or second fight or something. These, they wouldn't be, unless they're including, no, they wouldn't be including that. I would, I would say to go down a little bit. Probably keep going down. There we go. They're right there. Rear naked choke in right. round three. So he went a few rounds. Okay. 
I think I have seen the highlights of that fight. I wouldn't have watched the whole fight, but I think I've seen the highlights of it. And it's in Jungle Fight too, which is interesting. I'm pretty sure they're allowed to juice and stuff over there. Nice. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, where were he? Where did he start in the UFC? It looks like in 2021, so not long ago. This Bruno Silva fight was was really misleading to me because uh, that was who was giving him a hard time grappling, and then Silva mm. goes out and gets his ass beat by uh, was it Mearshart that beat him recently? Yeah, dude. This uh, one. Right? I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I think got... I might have even bet on Bruno Silva as well. You did, I think, because we were both talking yeah. about it. And we're like, yeah, yeah there's no way. Because then you see Mearshart getting knocked out in like 17 seconds by <laughs> Chimaev, mm. right? So it's like, yeah, dude, this dude can't can't hang with this guy. But yeah, it's crazy how how some of these things work out. And then just complete domination against Strickland, who shouldn't mm. have been standing up with him in the first place. But yeah, man. Yeah, he, sh- he should have went the easy route, which was, well, the supposed proposed easy route because we haven't i mean we saw a little bit against Bruno silver and it's a bit of a, a tough time but yeah i think i'm feeling like that's one of the routes to victory with this guy and i felt like strickland had the skills to do that and chose to be a man so to speak and stand up and try and test his fists and his chin against the dude and it did not work out <laughs> he's an interesting dude man he's a very very strange guy but yeah i mean all the power I like strickland for- Oh, I love, I, like him. I love him, dude. It's, it's I, I really like fuck. watching him at press conferences because he doesn't know how to talk. It's like, I feel like that's how I would be at a press conference. Like when I'm nervous, I say fucking shit all the time. And that's him, <laughs> dude. But he's on like the world stage, just like saying the wor- everything wrong. And it's just, mm. it's awesome. So yeah, no, I'm a fan of him, but yeah. um, he's an interesting character, man, for sure. Now, what about this next one? Carla Esparza and... Uh, Wei Zhang. I thought that you uh, say those backwards there because it's China, right? Zhang Wali. Yeah, so I um, think her first name would be Zhang and yeah. then her last name would be Wei yeah. But just before we go on to that, I just wanted sure. to say with Pereira, like he's another one. Look how they've built him. They haven't put him up against, I mean, maybe he probably would knock out Brunson, but they didn't test him against the Brunson. They didn't test him against Gastelum. They didn't test him against any of these nuggets of guys that are going to just try and grind on him. Um, and they built him into a guy where people are potentially going, Adesanya's going to get his head knocked off. Like that is a thing that people are saying. So it's like they they build people to these points where um, it, they make it look like anything can happen. Like I don't know what's going to happen. Pereira looks skilled, but they've built him into this point where he's the boogeyman. He's going to be the guy to beat um, Adesanya. And they can do that for anyone. You know what I yeah. mean? Like It's all about those matchmaking. Style makes fights. I think the age comes to play here a little bit. I don't think they want to make him go at the proper ranks because he is 35, which isn't terribly old. But, I mean, he's he's already two years older than Adesanya, who's really at his prime, it seems, right now. He hasn't been tested in his last few fights. And like you say, I think that this is still the same. Yeah, look at this, dude. Tapology, mm-hmm. everyone thinks that Pereira's going to knock out Adesanya. And they even yeah. go as far as saying that if it goes the distance, that Pereira will have such a dominant performance that he's going to win the belt back or win the belt in general from Adesanya. So yeah, they've really branded this in an, in an interesting way for sure. Um, I'm going to bet on, on Pereira probably if the odds are still the same, but I mean, if you can get Izzy at, uh, at plus odds, I mean, dude, I would, I would jump on Izzy for positive odds for sure. Um, I'm just having a look now to see if there is, uh, here we go. So uh, Israel, 
So I'm going to say it in Australian style. Israel is a dollar sixty to win, which means every hundred dollars you bet, you get a hundred and sixty back. And Alex Pereira is two dollars forty, so he is um, two and a half to one basically to win. So Alex Pereira is a pretty big underdog against Israel in betting odds. But like you said, on Tapology, it's um, Pereira as the favorite. So it's interesting. The bookies have Adesanya as a massive favorite. Yeah. Well, I mean, we see Tapology getting it wrong a lot. I mean, they're, they, cause they're, it's a, it's a hype, hype train thing, right? Everybody's like jumping on the hype. Um, I'm mm. sure I wouldn't be surprised if they're saying that overwhelmingly that, um, that, uh, what's his name? Uh, O'Malley is going to beat Jan. I haven't checked yet, <laughs> but uh, I mean, because I, I consider that to be real even. I th- I think the rounds play a factor into it too. Just as, and I would say the same about the Cheeto fight. I would find a five round Cheeto first O'Malley fight to favor che- Cheeto, okay. but I would find a three round fight with Cheeto and O'Malley at this point to favor O'Malley, um, just because there's less opportunities for Cheeto to get that big hit in a three-round fight. I mean, he did get it in the first round last time, um, I think, or maybe early second. Pretty sure it was first round. But, um, yeah, I, I think rounds come into play. So with the yarn thing, five rounds, um, I mean, three rounds, sorry, this fight, I see that favoring O'Malley. Overall, I see Yarn having an immensely larger catalogue of people he's fought that have higher skills than O'Malley. Um much more experience. Yeah. Um, his fighting style seems much more complete. Um, but again, the reach also plays a factor <laughs> into it. O'Malley's one of the biggest bantamweights. Jan's one of the smallest. Like, that's that's pretty crazy. Like five eleven versus five seven. Yeah. Um, what's the reach? Sixty sets. So five centimeters of reach. That's pr- it's not the most I've seen bigger, but it, it's still pretty dramatic. Well, no, it's uh, it's over ten centimeters of reach, right? It's thirteen centimeters. Oh wow, well, yeah, I was yeah, sorry. These but are inches, is, yeah, because United States, yeah. that's significant, dude. Yeah, yeah, that is that that is big. That's a lot. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. Um, Jan's got that really high guard, and he brings a lot of pressure. Um, I know O'Malley can fight on the back foot, and he's looked good fighting on the back foot. But he's looked good fighting on the back foot against Chris Mutino who, let's yeah. face it, is world, universe is different to beat a Jan. <laughs> so, How do you think uh, Jan's chin stacks up against Moon, uh, uh, Mutino's, though? Because Mutino showed that he has a fucking chin. Absolutely. Right? Is uh, that his name? But have we? Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't recall a time where I've seen Jan's chin tested. Okay. Um, did he get knocked down by Sterling at any point in that fight? I don't think so. He got taken down a lot but i don't think he got knocked down i don't know if i i guess i with stereotypes he's he's a little thick russian dude i would imagine he's got a pretty good chin i imagine he could take a hit pretty well but i don't recall a time where i've seen it tested um yeah i'm excited for that fight dude yeah. again they've built that fight into a point where we might see o'malley at class like you've never seen before but they've built it to a point where like it's interesting. Like we, we believe it's going to be competitive. So yeah. I mean, nothing, well, I do anyway, nothing crazy standing out. I always like this to watch the Swedish fight just because of, uh, the gym. No made down there. Does she train at the same gym as no. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so Almeida, that's a good prelim fight. You say, 
Yeah, and he's then, a he's a round one bet usually. You lock that dude in for a round one uh, submission knockout? or KO. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is this a Nurmagomedov? Is this like part of the Nurmagomedovs? Is that his cousin? Possibly uh, Abu Bakr. I don't. I don't think I've seen him fight before. Couple Russians um, fighting. That'll be interesting. Anytime someone's name ends in a, in a V, it's gonna be interesting to watch these dudes fight because they're they're if, usually pretty damn tough. If you see Any, the Medov, you're like, okay, maybe I bet on the Medov. <laughs> yeah, or just a Dov or an Aev. Like, uh, were you watching? Did you watch the the whole Paris card? Yes. Yeah. I forget his name, but the tall German dude i think he's german or maybe he just fights out of germany but he's got a russian name brand new dude i i don't remember off the top of my head but i i think i like i think i remember seeing the fight it just kicks that it in the face Mikhaev. right away yeah that that rings a bell it definitely Let's see, rings we're about a bell. to find that right now um, roman kopilov magomedov dude oh this guy okay yeah don't fuck with anyone with the v I'm at the end punches. of yeah oh, wow yeah, if you yeah. watch that one, it, and look how quick it was. 19 seconds in round one. It, it, was, uh, it was pretty drastic. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I usually bet on these dudes with the V in the last name. Call it stereotyping, but it's a positive stereotype. So, um, you remember um, Muhammad Makayev's debut at the first London card where he just runs out and knees out doing the head and just chokes him, and it was like 30 seconds or something? No, dude. Yeah, that was pretty sick. I'm really, really high on that Muhammad Makayev, dude. I reckon he could just be a double champion in the future. Like, no no bullshit. Really? This yeah. guy here? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I believe he could, he could literally be a double champion in the next four to five years because he's young as well. I think he's like 21. He had like 25 amateur fights or something undefeated. So he's got like a 35-0 and record, I'm pretty sure, um, in total. Like seven and O pro, and then like twenty five and O amateur. Um, yeah, man, this guy he can do it all. He can strike, he can wrestle, submissions. Um, he's been training with Tom Aspinall's family. Uh, Tom Aspinall's family is like really respected in jujitsu. If you didn't know that, um, and he's been training with them since he was like a little kid. Um, yeah. You can see his amateur record there. It's just all Spotless. green. Yeah. yeah, and he's not fighting um, bums. I mean, there's a couple people. There's a thirteen and three. That's a pretty darn good record. Eleven and two. Again, these are amateurs. Ten and eight—that's questionable. Um, and 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 the thing is, one. he's fighting in the IMMAF as well, which is like the absolute pinnacle of um, world amateur fighting. Like that is the absolute pinnacle of amateur fighting is the IMMAF championships, and he has won it just consecutive years, uh, one after the other, like constantly. And then he's mm-hmm. come into the pros and just dominated in the pros you know his ufc debut like i said he won in like 30 seconds or something um against a guy that wasn't really a slouch cody durden 12 and 3 you know there you go 58 seconds round one um he fought charles johnson which that was interesting he seemed to have a lot of trouble in that fight not trouble uh he couldn't finish the guy is what i'm saying he still dominated him um but it was very wrestling heavy um and yeah now he's fighting this guy um which seems like a bit of a banger, this guy. Like he seems like a, a stand up and swing type of guy, which is going to be interesting again to see yeah. which route Muhammad takes. Um, but I will be loading up on Muhammad. I've got so much. Like I, I think this dude's a real deal. Like he's you crazy. Going, you going round one knockout, or like if you were to try and like, and not to 
you know, say what you're officially betting right now, but like, what would, what are you leaning towards right now? Probably inside the distance. Um, he seems to be able to do different things, knockouts and submissions. Um, so I would probably just take him inside the distance, even though, like I said, he went to decision and seemed to have a little bit of um, adverse, not adversity. I don't know what the right word would be, but he just couldn't finish the guy. It was very wrestling heavy. He didn't look as dominant as he usually looks. Um, but yeah, I would say within the, within the distance, this guy seems like I would have to do a little bit more research on Malcolm Gordon. I do remember seeing him fight two or three times. Um, and I think he is more of a stand-up pressure type guy. So, yeah, I, I would say that I'm locking in Muhammad by finish. Um, I don't know what round or anything, but in the distance. So when let me ask you a question about a little bit about betting before we get back to that 281 card. I got to make sure I keep these numbers straight because I'm sure that that's something that they light you up for if you cross those <laughs> up, which I shouldn't have in the first place. We just had 279. But um, when you're looking at when you're looking at somebody that you're trying to pick betting, like obviously you're you're partial to this dude, this Ma, uh, Muhammad Makayev or however you say his, his name exactly, Makayev. Um, do you go and do you look at like the gym that they train at and like who they train with at the same gym? Cause topology is not always right. Right. Um, do you look at their social media or when you have the time to like, look into these guys, you, like what kind of things are you looking at? What are like some red flags to you and shit like that? Yeah. I mean, I would look, I, I wouldn't be um, impartial looking at any of that stuff. Like I do look at the gym a lot. Like that is interesting. Like if you see like a prospect or a debutant coming out, like sometimes it's hard to get a bit of info, but if you see like they train at American top team or something like American top team doesn't take bums. Like they don't take people just off the street. Like you see a gym like that, ATT or AKA or, you know, like that is interesting. That's usually like, I wouldn't call it whatever the opposite to a red flag is a green flag. Like that's a, that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could look at their social media, see what they're doing. Um, I usually follow a lot of like the like more prospecty type dudes on Twitter and um, see what they're sort of doing, see who they're training with. Like there was interesting last weekend. Who was it? Um, that's right, Corey Sandhagen. He's been training with Ryan Hall and like staying at his house and stuff. And um, I don't know if you know Ryan Hall, but he's like an absolute like wizard at grappling. Um, okay, I never heard. So of that, that was I feel like one of the yeah, so he is a UFC fighter. Um, and he, yeah, like he was just leg locking dudes. I think he's just had his first loss to Ilya Tapuria. Um, a few months back, he got knocked out by Ilya Tapuria. I'm pretty sure it was. But before that, he was like undefeated, just leg locking dudes everywhere, like grappling dudes. There's videos of him on the internet, like having dudes like try and start on him in bars and he just like sits on top of them and like locks them up in Kimuras and shit till the police get there. Oh, like, shit. Uh, oh, did you say yeah. Ryan Hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have heard of that dude. My bad. You, you kind of glitched out there for a second, but yeah, no, Ryan Hall. I definitely yeah, so him. like okay. that was like a big thing that stood out to me with the Corey Sandhagen fight beforehand was that he'd been training and like literally living with Ryan Hall for weeks on end at times and training with him and doing submission. And um, I was like, maybe this is going to be a bit of a wrestling heavy fight. Maybe there's going to be that. And when we saw that, which we never saw from Corey Sandhagen before, and I think it was one of the reasons he won that fight. Um was the threatening of the takedowns was the pressure of like grinding against the fence, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, man, like you said, like just where they train, 
um, little tidbits who they're training with. Like I watch all of Ariel Hawani's shows every week. So, you know, there's probably 10 or 12 interviews on there a week, which you hear a lot of stuff, what fighters are doing. And it's usually like the fighters that are leading up to the weekend. So it sort of gives you like an insight to what's going on in their mind, how they're feeling. Um, Yeah. I, I take anything really, any info I can get. I'll usually like, I guess for the, like if I'm, putting some decent bets on some certain people. I will watch a little bit of tape. Um, just go to fight pass and probably watch their most recent fight. Or um, if, if they fought someone who I feel is very good, whether win or lose, I will go and see how they did against that person. Um, yeah. Anything like that. Topology is like a wealth of knowledge. As you it know, you, you can go back and see the record where they train. All their social yeah. media links are on there. Um, yeah. I found this new method. I mean, I haven't been betting on this stuff for too long, but I've had some decent success with it. Like I had my worst week for this past contender series is week nine. And it was, I, I guess I know that people talk about shit in units. I don't really like talking about it in units personally. I think it's just kind of like, it's weird for people. I think, but I would be up basically two units on like my worst possible week, you know? And like most of the time I'm up several units because of, this weird way that I've been doing it. Like if I feel like in that Sanhagen uh, fight, for example, I hadn't heard of Song Yudong, right? I know that he's like a big prospect and I know he's inside the top 15. He's ranked and everything. Um, Him coming up, you know, not really knowing a whole lot about him. And I was super confident on Sanhagen. So I put a decent amount of money, let's say 50 bucks on Sanhagen to win the fight. And then I put like 20 on him to get a knockout. And then I put like 30 on knockout round three, just because I thought that was going to be the round to do it. So at the very least, you're if you're confident in somebody winning, you're going to get that money line thing where it's just like, yeah, okay, he won the fight, whether it goes to decision or whatever. I really thought he was going to get a knockout, and I got so lucky because he wasn't going to get a knockout. The only reason that he had the knockout was because he busted that dude's eyebrow up. But that I I found a lot of success doing that trying to cover bases and then like if I if I was iffy on it more I and let's say Song Yudong was a great grappler he, I don't think he is but let's just say he is maybe you sprinkle a little bit on a specific round of Song winning the fight by a submission right it's worked out for me for some reason dude like I don't know I know that that's a weird way to do it and it's kind of scary to risk so much money at once but it seems to just pan out so I don't know. I, I like that's that's the thing that really is interesting to me right now with this is the betting because a fight is already is is super exciting to watch, but when you feel a little bit invested in it, it just takes it from like ten to a thousand, dude. It's so much more interesting, and you feel like you're like like there's a part of you that's that's in on this, even though you know it <laughs> couldn't be farther from the truth. But uh, yeah, dude, betting is just a fucking blast with this stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I'm sort of the same. Like, I try not to overexpose myself on particular fighters. As you said, you're more like you're really confident on Sandhagen. And so I, I would tend to put more bets on someone like that. But I try not to overexpose myself on like some of the prelim fights that I, I know a little less about. But no, I agree. Like, that is pretty much what like was my game plan on that fight. Like, I did a, a decent money line bet. Um, and then as I was saying to you, like right before the fight, I started to feel that possibly a knockout could be possible. Um, I consider Dr. Stoppages a TKO, like always, like that does factor into my decision whether someone can cut them to the point where 
a fight would be stopped and classed TKO. Um, so I put a little on, on the um, TKO as well. I didn't choose a round. Um, I probably wouldn't have got it right, but no, I agree. Like that, that is a good way to do it. You put a, you know, a bigger bet on the money line so that it's either way, whatever happens, if you're confident in the guy and he wins, you get it. And then you can get a little bit more spicy with the method and the round to try and, yeah. you know, get the big win. Um, but yeah, we, I think we we're both lucky. We both picked San Hagen for the KO um, and it, it paid out well. I think it was like plus 500 or something. So, yeah, and there no, were so good. many things, dude, in that fight that made it work out like that. If uh, Robocop hadn't been split open the fight before, that fight mm-hmm. might have gone the distance with Song and Sanhagen because it it was bad. He was bleeding in his eye. He he he. It was clearly a bad cut. Robocop's was way way worse, dude. I think. I mean, that that was bad. I don't understand how that dude continued fighting and then won. Uh, mm-hmm. You bet on him pretty heavy. I bet on both guys. I actually was going against Robocop at first. And then I threw a little bit of money down because you were so confident in him. And I'm glad that I did. I think I took him by knockout Um, because a dude like that, it doesn't look like he's going the distance. Um, So, I mean, that seems to be all his fight. Like one, there was a fight, like one of his recent fights where it was like that. He was getting like ruined and then he came back and just dominated the dude. And yeah, I've seen him do that so many times now where like that is literally what he's known for in my mind is getting beaten at the beginning and then coming back and destroying guys. So and that's what happened. Yeah. That was saying, (laughs) that was saying with that cut, like if that, I don't know if you saw the picture of the doctor opening up the eye, they were saying that if that artery was severed or, or hit and, and, and cut, he could have literally died right there in the cage. Yeah. Um, oh, with Song? Which is, uh, with uh, Robocop. Because oh, there's a picture, yeah. I don't know if you saw, where the doctor is opening up the cut, and you can literally see one of his arteries like going through yeah. the cut. Like You see a vein. And I was saying, if that had been hit in the correct way to the point where it was cut or severed, he literally could have just died right there in the cage. Because it was like a main artery to his head, which is just mind-blowing to think about because the dude's fight style did not change one iota <laughs> yeah it didn't like look he, like it affected him at all and and his it, nose it, was literally falling off and he just goes for another 10 minutes or eight minutes or whatever like are, yeah. are we actually saying that he's 30 years old is that like the consensus that's what they say um dude looks 50 He's got a very old face. He doesn't have an old body, but he's got an old face. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wow, Fuck. Yeah, no, it, it, but what I was saying is like that fight worked out to where, you know, Song was winning the fight on paper, according to the judges. I mean, like, I think two of the three judges had Song winning that fight, which is interesting to me. I thought Corey was definitely winning it. Um, but if they would have let the fight play out and if Corey wouldn't have had an absolutely dominant round, like a like a 10-8 type round, we might've not gotten any of those bets that we were super confident on with, with Sanhagen. You know what I mean? It was just like all these pieces that, that fell into place going back to the fight before with that gruesome cut. Um, the doctor seeing that one and then going in and seeing this one, it had to have messed with him a little bit to where he's like, yeah, I don't want this to continue. Uh, Cause mm. like I said, Robocops was worse than, than songs, but Hey, it worked out for us. Worked out for Corey. I, th- I think Corey seems like a pretty nice dude. Um, I don't know much about song. There's obviously a language barrier there, but, yeah, Sanhagen seems like a pretty pretty dope dude. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was 2-2 going into the fifth, and he was saying on Ariel's show that he felt that the distance play wasn't working and he needed to get in close and try and cut him with elbows, and that's exactly what he did, and that's exactly what won him the fight. So, yeah, it was cool to see. It yeah, was, um, man. He, he, he made the adjustments. Uh, two, I believe. And it was with a like a rushing elbow. It wasn't a normal, like just, you know, um, horizontal elbow. It was sort of rushing and um, vertical elbow almost and like sort of grazed off the side of his um, eyebrow. It was really, it was really cool. It was a really good shot. And it didn't even look like it hit him that hard, but it opened him up like so bad. Yeah, dude. It's so, it's so interesting what cuts people up. With uh, going back to RoboCop's cut, I mean, you could tell that that, I mean, that seemed more like a brain damage situation. It didn't really seem like a cutting situation because you could hear that thud. It sounded like someone like hitting a baseball with a wooden bat, dude. It sounded <laughs> bad. And and then this dude just, I mean, didn't even phase him. It didn't wobble his knees or anything, man. Like, it's it's interesting that, uh, I don't know what that dude's uh, being fed, but it is, it's wild to, that he, that he recovered that quick. Um. I'm on 280 right now. I wanted to go back to 281 real quick because there's a couple other fights that are dope, I think. I mean, some people don't get excited to see this uh, Esparza and, and Whaley fight. I think it'll be kind of cool just because you have a striker versus a grappler. In women's MMA, not the most exciting for a lot of people. I still find it pretty dope. Um, the grappler usually does better against a striker, right? In women's MMA, we, we tend to say that, especially in low level. This is not low level, but what are your thoughts on this one? I think it's Whaley Zang by domination more than likely by finish um yeah i just think i think it's going to be like do you remember seeing on whaley zang's come up when she fought uh andrage and just came out and just steamrolled her um if you haven't go back and watch that fight i know esparza and andrage they're not really like the same fighter but I just think, yeah, I think Whaley is is not going to come out and play it like Rose did. I don't think it's going to be this technical five-round, like trying to keep distance, trying to play some game plan, boring sort of fight. I just think Whaley Zang is going to come out and be aggressive, like probably more aggressive than you've ever seen her, and it's probably going to be a finish within three rounds. Yeah. Um, that might be a little bias because I do like Whaley Zang. I think I think she's she's cool as um but yeah i think that's how it's going to go like even like trying to take the bias out of it i think that's how it's going to go yeah i mean i um uh, i'm probably biased just because i like to see an american do better over a chinese fighter like that's just kind of like how how i always am i try to always root for the americans like i want them to win but i mean if it's a brazilian or a russian they're usually pretty fucking good it seems uh <laughs> china's starting to get a lot of of stars i mean you know we're just talking about song He's he's going to be a problem in the future for sure, near future. I think he's pretty young. Um, man, Carla got the belt in the most boring fashion too. That was the worst fight I'd ever seen, and I felt like I got ripped off paying for that <laughs> that fight against Thug Rose. Uh, I don't think she should have the belt to be honest, but at the same time, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna sprinkle a little bit of cash on her just because she is a fairly decent underdog. And if she can get it to the wrestling, then, I mean, she's got a much better chance, but she cannot strike with Zhang. She just, she can't. I mean, she couldn't even strike with Rose. Um, I, I'd like to see Rose and, and Wei Li again. I'm just looking at the odds for this fight, and uh, Carlos Sparza is 
for every hundred you bet, you win three sixty back. So yeah. she is a heavy underdog, and um, yeah, Zhang Weili has been just steamed all the way down to a dollar thirty two. So yeah, thirty two dollars for every hundred bet. Yeah, so massive favorite Zhang Weili. That's why I'm going to so, sprinkle I mean, a little on Carly. Yeah, dude, just I was going to say bit. your sprinkle will probably pay off if she wins. So yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Okay, so we don't need to spend too much time on that one. This uh, this one I am extremely excited for, dude. I love both these dudes, Poirier and Chandler. Um, personally, I don't think Chandler stands a chance against Poirier. Poirier is probably my very favorite fighter in the UFC, um, to be honest. I think he is hands down the best boxer, too. People say that um, you know Max Holloway is better at boxing than him. Poirier beat Holloway in a boxing match, basically. I mean, they were boxing. Um I think he's hands down the best boxer in the UFC, dude. I don't know what your thoughts are on this fight and then like Poirier's uh, style, but the dude has come a long, long way. And uh, like I said, just my absolute favorite fighter right now. Yeah, I mean, I would tend to agree. This fight reminds me of when Gaethje came into the UFC and Poirier was the guy to stop him. Not that Chandler hasn't been stopped, um, but that's just how it reminds me of. Um, I feel like Chandler will probably approach this fight the way he fought Gaethje. Um, and Poirier will approach it with a game plan, um, as he does. I think Poirier wins it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's probably one of the best boxers in the UFC. I'd say people, people like maybe Petey Yarn, maybe better, um, just in terms of just like pure technique of boxing. Um, Poirier's probably got the best combos in the UFC. I mean, we've you can seen avoid him... getting hit in a beautiful fashion too. Like when he leans away and then comes back with like a hook or jab, it's it's uh I've just never seen someone box so smooth, I guess. Maybe he's not the best technical boxer, like you're saying, but just the he style. He can do it for a long time as well. Like we've seen him throw forty punch combos against people where he's like I think he did it against Eddie Alvarez maybe at one point. I can't remember. who was it? I don't know. He knocked out someone where he literally had him up against the fence and he throws like a forty punch combo and he's as you're saying, he's like moving in and out, avoiding what's coming back, and he just finishes this guy. Like it's almost like the old mate against the fence was like, Can you just tire out already? But he doesn't yeah. tire out. He just keeps yeah. throwing until the ref stops. And yeah, he's he he's very skilled. I would say he's like absolutely top five boxers in the UFC. Who um, do you think's better than him, other than Jan? Um I would have to I would have to sit down and think about it, but I probably wouldn't put Holloway above him. I wouldn't okay. put McGregor above him. Aldo's a decent boxer. Um, maybe he's not better than Poirier. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'd have to see he's pretty think. good at boxing. He is pretty good. Um, yeah, I just think there's guys out there that, I mean, Ngannou's not the worst boxer. Like, he does swing a lot of haymakers and stuff, but he is pretty decent boxer. Um yeah, I, I mean, I'd definitely say Poirier's top five boxers in the UFC. I mean, he could even be higher than fifth. He could be fourth or third. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think it's an exciting fight, and that it is bad blood. They don't like each other, um, but I think Poirier gets the win. That I would agree with you. Um, I don't know if I would go stop it. It's, it's only going to be three rounds, too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it, it, that's what's going to be interesting. Is there going to be? It's going to be like the Gaethje fight, but I think there will be a finish. On Poirier's okay. side. Okay. Because, I mean, we got to remember, too, dude, Chandler gets knocked down pretty easily, man. Ferguson knocked him down. Um, I know that. I mean, Ferguson's been on a downward spiral, but I think he was already in that downward spiral when he had fought Chandler. I mean, this was not that long ago when they fought. 
and uh, everyone other than Chandler made uh, Ferguson look like shit, you know, and uh, it, it was a competitive fight for for Ferguson. So mm. I don't know. I, I Chan, Chandler's definitely not overrated. I like the dude a lot. Um, I'm gonna try and get my hands on some of his uh, what are those crave sandwiches or whatever? What are the cram oh, the cram sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> see what, they look bomb. I mean, you can't go wrong with the peanut butter jelly, but. Uh, I like the dude a lot. I think that like both these dudes seem like pretty stand-up guys. Uh, I like Dustin Poirier because he seems like he's actually like a functioning alcoholic too. I think that he <laughs> fucking drinks a lot, like I do. Um, so which which is interesting that he can have such good cardio drinking that much. I mean, there's home videos of this dude like recently where he's like doing magic tricks and he's just sloshed, dude. Like you can tell he is <laughs> wrecked. And this dude's still going out there and competing. He's number two in the division right now in the very most competitive division in the world. Like the dude's just a G man. I really like him. Um, I didn't want to spend too much more time on this card, but like this Molly McCann fight, it's always interesting when this chick fights. Um, she's fighting someone that looks pretty hot here. Uh, I've never, never heard of Aaron Blanchfeld, but uh, I don't know too much about her, but I've heard lots of praise about her. So I would go as far as to say, this is probably at this point, in this run of Molly's because she's had a few runs. Um, I would call this the Patty run. This is her run that she's had since Patty's been in the UFC and they've like, I don't, well, Patty's not fighting on this card. This would be the first card that they haven't fought on together in like three fights or something. But I just feel like she's different now that he's in the UFC and she's like, as you can see, sort of going on a bit of a run. Yeah. Is this, um, this is, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I think Molly's on like a four fight streak at the moment. She seems to be going on a bit of a run. So I would say in this particular run, this is probably her toughest opponent. I think Blant, there you go. So three fight streak. Okay. Did she fight Talia Santos? She fought Santos. I'm going to have to go back and watch that fight. That's interesting. That Hannah Goldie fight was, was great too. She did a good job. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't a great fight, but just her finish was good. And you make you bring up a good point, man. I'm wondering, uh, I'm wondering from like, just kind of like my weird way of thinking if she's going to be really thrown off, you know, Patty's going to be there with her, mm. but um, I'm wondering if she's going to be thrown off because Patty's not. Fighting yeah. I mean, well. that plays into it in my opinion with, with certain fighters, things like this, you know, you've got to, you've got to factor in all the different, um, sort of things that that come into it and i think that plays a big part in it um this chick as far as i know is not shit like she seems pretty damn good she's fought jj aldrich which is jj aldrich is pretty old and miranda maverick's not bad she's pretty good um she fought brogan walker when oh, i'm trying to yep. look at okay. these decisions versus uh finishes because mccann seems to be a finisher lately her last two and then finishes this girl's mm-hmm. two fights, uh, she has a guillotine choke in round two standing, which is interesting. And again, we were just talking about how guillotines don't seem to work very often. Um, so the chick's probably, she's clearly strong if she can pull off a standing guillotine and then a decision. So, um, and then a decision before that and a decision before that. So Molly's actually a bigger finisher. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting, but it will just be kind of fun to see if uh, if she is going to be affected by uh patty not being i'm curious to see what tapology thinks oh yeah. shit blanche failed to win by a lot but if, yeah, if a knockout's wow. coming it's going to come by the that's right i think i think blanchfield's a wrestler i think that's what she is um from memory i think she's a wrestler um i can't recall seeing a fight with her um, i've definitely looked at her record a lot i saw brogan walker there who's 
um, she's a recent tough winner. Um, and I remember looking at her actually, no, she's, she lost that fight. Sorry. She recent, she was in the final of the recent tough and she lost, but I remember looking at Blanchfield's record back then as well. Um, and yeah, I think she's a wrestler. I think she's probably going to try and wrestle Molly cause that would be her way to victory. Um, I see Molly coming out with pressure. Um, but again, the matchmakers always know what they're doing. 95% of the time, they know what they're doing. They're trying to build Molly right now. Um, so that, in my opinion, also factors into this. What are they seeing? What are they trying to do with this match? Who are yeah. they trying to put on? Um, as you can see, Aaron Blanchfield's 9-1. So yeah. I wouldn't imagine that's usually someone that they're trying to sacrifice for lack of better words, you know? So I think it's going to be interesting. I think they're, they're probably putting these two together and going, let's like, this is even let's see who wins. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. You, you made a good point there with the, they want, cause it, it is like this interesting friendship that, it, cause everyone's on Patty right now. It's this interesting kind of friendship between him and her. And uh, they almost come in a package. Like they're doing the press conferences together. Yeah. Why are they putting her against this chick? That's, I mean, almost undefeated nine and one. That's a really good record. Um, I don't know how many of those were in the UFC. I should have looked at that, but yeah, man. Um, as far as I'm concerned, those are the four that are really interesting. Dan Hooker fighting. I didn't realize that. I think I saw Dominic Reyes there as well. I'd be Dominic... keen to see if he can break this like bad streak that he's on this skid. Ryan Span. Ryan Span's not the worst. He's not the best either, but he's, he, it's, that's an interesting fight. Huh. Yeah, man. Yeah, That'll be interesting. Uh... If he can break that skid. And Brad Riddell's on there. He's on a bit of a skid as well, I think. Okay. Is I think he lost. Aussie to... or is he a New Zealander? He's a New Zealander. I can't tell if those stars are red or not. Oh yeah, okay. New Zealand. All right. Yeah, man. I mean you got uh you got all over the freaking map here, dude, fighting. You got a couple of New Zealanders. Carlos Olberg. He's um an interesting prospect. Man, what do you think about Dan Hooker, dude? I, I I feel like he's really kind of set himself up. He's a tough dude. He's willing to fight anybody, but he's not smart when it comes to taking matches. Yeah, dude, I don't I don't like this match for him either. He's on a skid, and he took this match. That is, my, in my opinion, not good for him. I see this dude putting a leg lock on him and tapping Dan out in, like, the first round, which sucks because I like Dan Hooker. Um, and, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. He's really played the I'll take any fight card and it keeps like not playing out in his favor. We don't know what it's playing out like for him monetarily. Maybe he's getting rewarded very well for doing what he's doing. I know the UFC like put him up in a house for a year for free and shit like that when it was like COVID was going on. Um, but yeah, as we can see here, yeah. I mean, it's he did look good against show. Nazrat, but Nazrat had like a whole bunch of shit going. I think his mum like died the week of that fight. And then had visa issues like a day before, like only landed in Vegas or something like five hours before the fight. And he just um, beat him by decision. It's not like he beat his ass. He he was dominating, but he didn't not he didn't finish him obviously. And like, yeah, it was by decision. And then as you can see beforehand, he had or well, Poirier was a good fight. He looked competitive in that in the beginning, but he took a lot of damage and an immense amount of damage. And then he got knocked out in the first round against Chandler. And then he had that win against Nasrat and then another two losses again. And now he's fighting another grappler. Would you so say maybe like, um, similar to Ferguson? Um, it kind of looks like Dustin. I already know what you're going to say. Left him with and some I brain agree. damage. Yeah. 
Yep. You don't agree? That's been my don't? opinion for I do. Uh, that's been my opinion for a while. He has been Dustin Poirier changed him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You watch at the end of that fight, man. Uh Hooker is just beaten to a pulp. Like he doesn't oh. even seem like in a in a correct mind state at the end of the fight. Like he's out of it. I think he got changed in that fight. And then he got knocked out in his next fight by Chandler in in the in round one. So yeah, I think he's changed. And then so he's essentially he, lost since Poirier. I mean, you, you yourself said that. I mean, this Nasrat one seemed almost like a fluke. I'm not putting words in your mouth here, but it, I mean that that's kind of what I'm gathering from what you're saying is that it, it was. And like, wouldn't dude, say I, fluke, but I would just say everything lined up for him in that fight. Everything okay. was put into his favor by like, no, it wasn't, no one was making that happen. The situation just was what it was, but pretty much everything was in his favor. If if he wanted any sort of extra um, advantages, he got them basically by way of happenstance. Mm. Yeah. It sucks, man. It sucks to see that. Cause yeah, he seems like a nice dude. Uh, he hangs out with his dad all the time and shit. There's funny videos of his dad, like making fun of him and shit. Um, sucks but you know this is i guess part of the part of the fight game let's get into the uh the the big card here where we're gonna try and hopefully get our first official episode out for because dude i'm fucking stoked for ufc 280 here yeah um, it it's a good one it is probably the most stacked card of the year i think that's safe to say right what other cards were there that were good well i i'm pretty sure i saw that sean brady versus Bilal muhammad's on the prelims that tells you something like, it's definitely not that I on like the card. Muhammad that much, but um, Sean Brady is is like a pretty hyped up prospect at the moment. That's an awesome fight, and um, yeah, that's on the prelims from what I've heard. Yeah, look at that. Is so that that's that's pretty stacked. That cannot be a prelim fight, dude. I know. I see what you're saying. It's one, two, yes. three, four, five. See in the six. middle there. It says main card for Caitlin Shakagian. Wow, and then prelim, yeah. prelim final. Holy shit! I mean, you got Muhammad Makayev on the prelims. Um, which yeah, a, a lot of people don't know of him yet, I guess. But you know, Armand Petrosian, he's a big prospect. Uh, Jelton Omeda is literally the first fight, <laughs> which is yeah. like, I mean, that's probably they want to kick off the card with some hyped up shit. Yeah, dude, it's it's a good card. A lot of Russians, as you said, but that's because they're in Abu Dhabi, and I would assume most of these guys are Muslim. Yeah, so that like plays into the whole Dubai thing. Um, a lot of the sheiks watching. At that. yeah yeah okay so, so where usually... do you want to where do you want to start with this one you know obviously for time's sake we won't hit all these these fights do you want to kind of start off talking about this almeida fight yeah i mean yeah we can talk about that i i don't know too much about this shamil guy but i i just know from what i've seen at jelton almeida like he literally only fought on 279 i think it was in paris um and he got a first round ko i believe um that's what everyone thought he was going to do um, I would have to look a little bit more about these two guys and watch a little bit of tape on this dude in particular, um, this Shamil guy. Oh, hang on. So he's lost. Okay. Uh, he lost to Chris Dorcas and Sergei Pavlovich. So I'm going to say Jelton Lemay is going to knock this dude out in a round. Lost to Curtis Blades I, by, uh, in round two as well. Curtis Blades is no slouch, but uh, he did beat Andre Arlovsky. That's a good sign. If he would have lost to Arlovsky, that would be bad. I used to love Arlovsky, dude. He's one of the ones that got me into the UFC, him and Tim Sylvia, which were boring fights looking back, but I used to just like the... Uh, the, the them and the Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock, dude, those old trilogies yeah. are really cool to me. Chuck Liddell, um, Forrest Griffin, lost to Santos. Well, this is when Santos was good. 
I just see up the top that he lost to Chris Dorcas. Yeah. And for me, Chris Dorcas, I do believe he's a slouch in my opinion. I I, I mean, yeah, I I thought he was good at the beginning. And then now I've just come to see that he's literally just a bloated light heavyweight fighting at heavyweight. And he doesn't really have the punching power. He doesn't really have the strength to wrestle these guys. I think he fights at like 235 or something in a division where most guys are like at the smallest 240. So yeah, if he lost to Chris Dorcas, I'm going to fade the guy really hard. Looks like they were trying to make that match twice. He was about to fight Cyril Gaon, which sounds like he would have gotten fucked. Uh, yep. Yeah, they tried to make this. <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, kind of, you know, tying back your original point, or maybe not your original point, but, you know, they're in Russia, basically, right? I mean, obviously, they're in Abu Dhabi, but there's a ton of Russians here, a ton of Muslims, right? Um, mm. Why would they be setting this dude up? Because you know that they probably, I mean, the crowd is going to want this dude to win, this uh Shamil, I'm not even going to try his last name, but it ends in a V. So that's always something to watch out for. Um, why would they be pairing him up with a Brazilian, which is kind of similar to the main event where you have, you know, a Brazilian versus a Russian? Why would they be starting this off with, um, in your opinion, what seem? And I can't disagree with you because I don't really know much about either of these guys. Why they would be setting him up to lose against a Brazilian here? That's a good point, And I hadn't thought about it. But one thing I would say is, just go back to that fight and click on it again and just see when that fight was cancelled because Jelton Almeida may be a late replacement. Uh, It looks like they were supposed to fight. Ah, So they were supposed to fight last month. So he was supposed to fight him on 279, I believe is is what that is saying. Okay. Yeah, so maybe that wasn't potentially supposed to happen on this card. Um, Jelton Amada does fight on 279, gets a first-round finish and says, hey, I'll fight this guy again at at 281 or 280. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, Yeah, yeah. maybe the matchmakers see something again. Um, You can never never be too sure, but I'm going to back Jelton just because of what I've seen so far. Um, He's almost like a Robocop. Like he's almost like that. Like he almost looks like him, just this big, yeah. tall, Brazilian, bald guy, muscly, um, and just rushes out and steamrolls guys. Man, yeah, I, I uh, I'll probably side with you on that unless I find something that like really stands out. But um, I think that what you say about the matchmakers knowing something, I think that's really good insight, honestly. And these dudes are really close in the rankings. I mean, Almeida's nineteen, Shamil's twenty-one. That's not a big discrepancy at all. Um, the records are like pretty similar to, I mean, well, Shamil's had a fair few losses, but 20 and seven versus 17 and two. It's, it's, that's not too big of a discrepancy either between the two. Like it's, it's reasonably close. Almeida definitely has a better record though. By, I mean, I would say it's considerably better, but yeah, you're right. Not crazy. I mean, it's not like he's got a losing record or an even record. Um, mm. I'm going to get a refill dude. If you want to just like talk about any, any one of these here, uh, which one did you want to get into next? Um, I mean, Ozdemir Krylov, I'm not really interested. The next one I'm probably interested in is Muhammad. And yeah, as we said before, I'm super high on that guy. Okay. Well, yeah, dude, I'll be right back. If you want to just kind of talk about whatever you're, whatever you're feeling here with these two. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I'd have to look a bit more at Malcolm Gordon, I think. Um, he's fighting out of London. Okay. They're both out of England. Oh, no. Oh, uh, sorry. He's fighting out of Canada. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to really look at more tape on Malcolm Gordon, to be honest. Um, they're ranked very closely, 18, 19, um, coming on a two-fight win streak. Mahmoud Makai have undefeated in like 30 fights. Um, it's very similar age, very similar height. Uh, so Mahmoud Makai looks like he's doing some cross-training at the moment. He's training at two different gyms. He's got one for his primary and one for specifically striking. Well, that would be because, as I said before, he's mainly a wrestler. Um, it's, I mean, well, I say that, but it, it was a uh, knee to the head that led to his guillotine win and his debut fight. Yeah, I mean, um, I've already said I've got to take Muhammad. Um that's who I would be leaning with for sure. Okay. I was, I was just saying that it looks like um, if you go down a little bit, Marvin Makai, he's got two gyms listed there. It seems like he's got his primary where he does all his jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and all that sort of stuff that he's sort of – his strengths lie. And then he's got another one specifically for striking. So it seems like he's doing a bit of cross training at the moment, which I didn't realize, but that's interesting. I haven't really seen that on someone's topology page before where they have primary and, and then a striking gym as well. That's oh. interesting. So what do you think? I mean, have you heard of either one of these gyms? I haven't. No, I don't know. Either of them. I mean, I've se- I think I've seen the name Aspire maybe on someone's on, on a topology page before, but yeah, I couldn't tell you whether it's a, like a, a very great gym or anything like that. I don't know any of these guys that you're scrolling past. Um, I haven't seen any of these guys' names before either. So a lot of English fighters, it looks like. Yeah, Northern Ireland, I should say. But isn't that isn't that an English flag? I th- I think it's. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Northern Ireland, but like, because I know Patty uses that flag. Yeah. Okay. I love how they do this Chuck Norris shooting if they don't have the picture <laughs> of. <laughs> it's weird as fuck, but it's funny. Okay, so yeah, so you're I mean, high I, on this. I'm I'm high on him. I'm probably going to be all in on him. Um, I'm probably going to straight up say the odds on him will just be absolutely steamed. Like there probably will be no money embedding money line on him. Um, I'd be very surprised if they're like over a dollar forty. Yeah, wow, well, look at that. Yeah, okay. um, not the, the money would be in the finish. The money would be in the finish. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm I'm so high on this guy. I. I will watch tape on, on Malcolm Gordon, but that won't change my mind. Like nothing right. I watch on him will change my mind. Yeah. I just, Makayev is, is crazy. I know the UFC is trying to put him on. I know they're trying to, I wouldn't say fast track him, but he is like, he wants to be fast tracked. He wants to fight guys in the top 15 right now. That's what he said. He wants it. He's ready for it. He wants top five guys even. Um, Dude, yeah. look at this too. Twenty-two versus thirty-two, man. I yeah, I'm all in with you after seeing that. And I mean, this is me talking. Um, you know, people Canadians out there aren't going to want to hear it. I have really bad luck when I bet on Canada. Like I have a lot of <laughs> bad luck, and it's nothing against Canada. I love my Canadian friend. I talk to so many Canadians on my podcast, on my other podcast. Dude, it is. Um, I've had horrible luck with these guys. If there's three fighters from Canada on the card. I found a pattern where the first one tends to win 
usually by decision or like in some sloppy fashion, like the last one with Robert Cho. I mean, it, looked, <laughs> it was a weird, weird show. And, uh, you know, and then her and then her, her uh, you know, Canadian brethren fucking really shitting the bed. So I don't know, man. Um, yeah, dude, I'm all in. I'm all in with you, dude. We can uh, we can discuss that one when that time comes a little further, because I think it would be smart too to really focus in on five fights. Right. I mean, I'll yeah. always sprinkle a little bit on every fight just because it makes it fun. But uh, I mean, I, I think that we have two of our five already, uh, maybe six if we're confident. Looks like Almeida, and then uh, you know whether whether we're going to get in the finish. We'll just talk money line right now. But Almeida, and then uh, Makayev. Am, am I pronouncing his name right? That's correct. Yeah, Makayev. Okay, so we got two right there. Um, moving up, I mean, dude, Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady. I know that Bilal Muhammad is a big deal right now. I'm all in on Sean Brady, dude, especially knowing the connection that he has with Joe Pfeiffer, who I really mm. like. I know you heard his story on Ariel's show. Yeah, yeah. And he's into cars, too, which I like. Okay, so that, that checks yeah. off a, a checks off a box for you. Man, I mean, the, the dude's tough. Obviously, you know, uh, you're familiar with the story, too. He, he went through Contender Series one time, really lost in a shitty way, um, had to build back his career over a three-year period, comes back. And clearly Dana White likes him, so they're going to build his career up. But he talks about Sean Brady and how this dude's like a military style when it comes to training. He's very specific. He won't even go and support his fellow gym members and like childhood acquaintance because he's in the zone for this Bilal Muhammad fight. And Bilal's dope. I mean, Bilal's a good fighter. Um, I don't really care for him personally, but um, I don't know. Maybe that's just a weird, weird feeling I have. I, I'm the same. I don't like Bilal. Is there something about him for you? I mean, is there a reason or is it because I, I, I can't put my finger on it. There's just something about him. It just rubs me the wrong way. I feel like he just, yeah, I don't know what it is. And, and his fight style for me, while it may be effective at times, I don't find it the most interesting. I think he's another guy that it's just, he's, he's just grinding. He, I don't see any attempt to really finish. Um, Sean Brady's the opposite. That dude's trying to finish you um sean brady is sick i'm the same as you i like sean brady um and i think he's going to do extremely well um i know people are avoiding him as well he he's found it hard to get fights people don't want to fight him um last year fights were grappling matches dude he hasn't fought since uh, the end of 2021 yeah he probably couldn't get fights probably kept getting turned down um but yeah i'm with you man um he fought i actually i remember watching him craig jones I don't know if you know much about grappling. Um, Craig Jones is like a top 10 in the, in the world at grappling. I might be speaking out of turn there for the real Brazilian jiu-jitsu hardcores, but from what I've seen, Craig Jones is like one of the top BJJ guys in the world. He trains Alexander Volkanovsky in BJJ. He's an Australian oh. guy. Um, yeah. He like, and Sean Brady went out there and beat the dude. Like it wasn't a very convincing win in grappling, but he beat the dude. Um, yeah, he's got skills, man. And oh. I think he's going to beat Bilal. I might even look just quickly at the odds because it would be interesting to see who they are favoring. Well, one thing that I was pointing while you're looking for that is that they were supposed to fight back in 2020. I'm sure that COVID had something to do with that fight getting canceled. But um, yeah, they were supposed to fight back in 2020 when the records, I mean, Brady's record was essentially the same. I think he collected one more win, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. So- Brady's the favorite, but it, it's a pick and fight. It's a dollar seventy to two dollars twenty, so you can get good odds on on Brady a dollar seventy to win. That's that's pretty good. That's only two to one. 
Okay. And that's yeah, the favorite as well. So yeah, no, I'm, I am, am interested in, in that fight, but I, I, I am riding with you and I think Brady is, will beat him. It probably will be a late finish or by decision, decision more likely than a finish. Um, from what I've seen, apart from the Luke fight, um, Bilal's got, like he could take damage. He did get knocked out by Luke, but then he came back and beat him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on Brady. I'm actually surprised that it's 60, 40, I would have thought it would be like, like 80, 20 because people, a lot of people are high on Brady. I mean, more yeah. people are high on Mohammed from what I've seen, man. Like I, so as more of a, like, I, you know, I'm just kind of getting new into this. Like, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been a real casual fan since I was a kid, but getting more and more into it. I hadn't heard of Sean Brady until like a year ago and like Brady, they've been pushing, right? Um, I think more people are high on Bilal, but more people that know about the sport know about Brady and they know how, I mean, the dude's undefeated which is not easy to do these days. And that's not like a six and O it's 15 and O. Um, yeah. He's the real deal. It seems like, man. So yeah, a hundred percent with you, uh, Brady, I think, but I think that he could finish him, man. I think that this might actually be a finish. Yeah. Um, and it's not out of the question. Um, I, I, it's, it's likely I'd say decision is more likely, but the finish absolutely could happen. And yeah, it's, it's not out of the question at all. Oh, I also yeah. like this Kayo Baralho guy. Um, he's a contender guy. Um, I, I don't know too much about Muradov, and I don't want to talk on it too much. But, yeah, I like Kayo Baralho. Uh, I would probably pick him in that. That Muradov guy isn't really a slouch. Um, he's nothing crazy either. But, uh, yeah, Kayo Baralho is good. He's got free spirit tattooed across his neck. You've probably seen him fight before. Okay. Um, yeah, he's interesting. He's he's very wild, very like swings wild shots, got very good jiu-jitsu pedigree. Um yeah, hangs out with Hamzat and stuff and Darren Till. Um yeah, he's cool, man. I like okay. him. Huh. Yeah, that'll be interesting. There's quite a few Bra- Brazilians on this card. I know there's kind of always a lot of Brazilians because there's just a lot of Brazilian fighters, but um yeah, man, uh definitely in on those three. Uh, I don't know either of these ladies here, to be honest. Benil Derouche, that'll be an interesting one, just because he's another one that seems to be propped up a little bit. Um, yeah, this will be this will be pretty wild too. Do you have one in this? We can just kind of guess right now. I'd probably be look. They're both they're both great. Derouche is sort of forgotten about. Yeah. Um. So this will be his first fight back since he's had a serious knee injury, I believe it was. So that's a red flag to keep in mind. But uh, Gamrot isn't shit either. He's very good. I think it was, who did he fight last? I remember he fought someone, and, and I remember people went on about that fight for a while because it was a good American showing. American top um, team. Um, and Saruki, there you go. So that was that uh, Saruki versus Gamrot fight. And I remember people went on about that for weeks because it was just back and forward scrambles, back and forward striking. Like it was, And people are super high on Saruki as well. Um, so yeah, I would be taking, I'd be taking him over Dariush in this. Um, I think it'd be pretty even though. Um, Benil's very deceiving in the way that like he's actually like a lot stronger and like bigger than people think. Like he's okay. a really fucking thick guy, um, very strong, has strong kicks, strong grappling. Um, yeah, he's good. He's just very forgotten about. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, I think the he last gets time he fought was probably by decision. Yeah, that was when he was bending the arm 
it was either the arm or the knee. I think it might have been the knee. I think the arm was Charles. Um, he was bending Tony's knee right back, and he said he even heard it pop, but Tony wouldn't tap. Um, yeah, went to a decision with Tony, and then he was supposed to fight Islam, and his knee, so I think he broke his knee or broke his ankle. Maybe it was his ankle. I don't know. He had some sort of a leg injury. Um, and so he's had an operation and everything else and healed up. And this is his first fight back, but he's fighting a monster. He's fighting a guy that is really fucking good. It's not a um, long time to be off with a knee injury, man. If I'm being honest, I mean, 2021, the middle of it, May, right? May 15th, 2021 was his last fight. Um, he was apparently injured, as you say, in 2022 this year, just yeah. in February. I mean, that's not a lot of yeah. time, dude. I'm all in on Gamera here for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's six or seven Um, months. Going back here. Yeah, dude, that's not a long time for a freaking knee. Um, So, we have next, I mean, the the three big ones here. What makes this card so great? Uh, Peter, Jan, and O'Malley. We talked about that a little bit. Um, I am going to bet on O'Malley, but I'm going to get Jan by decision as well. Um, Because I think that if this, I think if this fight goes to a decision, Jan will probably win it. Um, but I also kind of have this weird suspicion that Sean won't let it go to a decision. I hope he doesn't make this another fucking eye poke situation or some sort of foul. I might actually bet the prop that a point gets taken away from O'Malley. Um, okay, there, that's interesting. I wonder if I can get that prop. I know it's not available yet. I can't see. It. I'm looking at the odds right now, and Sean O'Malley's a four to one dog. You can't not take him at four to one odds, dude. You just can't mm. not sprinkle a little bit, but. I think if it goes to decision, Jan's got it. Um, I don't think that O'Malley can knock out Jan personally. I don't think so. It, it could happen. Uh, this clearly isn't going to go down to the feet. I would be really surprised. I, the submission's got to be astronomical. Um, but yeah, man, uh, for the amount, I, it's usually like between two to 5,000 for a point deduction, positive odds. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, I'll put a dollar or two on, on O'Malley losing a point. Why not? Yeah, I remember Jan always gives up the first round. I don't know, like, that's one thing I've noticed. He really goes slow in the first round, and I feel like O'Malley is going to, like, give 100% in the first round. I thought that would always happen before this fight was announced, and then particularly after the last fight with Munoz, a lot of people was telling O'Malley, like, even Ariel told O'Malley to his face, like, you lost that first round. Um so I feel like that's gone playing. I think O'Malley's going to come out with 100% in that first round and try and take advantage of Jan typically being slower in that first round. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's going to have success with that, but I just feel like that is what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm the same. I'll take a sprinkle on O'Malley. I think realistically the odds are in Peter Jan's favor. He's absolutely steamed. I think he's like $1.36 or something. Dollar uh, twenty six. So, yeah, you're gonna have to pick the method um, to really get some decent money on yarn. But yeah, I tend to agree with you. I'll put a sprinkle on O'Malley, and and probably I think I'm on yarn. Are you gonna put any on a first round knockout <laughs> from O'Malley, knowing like what you kind of laid out there? Because if he doesn't get the first round knockout, he did get a little gassed in that fight against the um, Mutino, right? That's his name. Um, he got gas, dude. He got, I mean, he wasn't like, you know, completely tired out, but you saw him looking up at the clock. Um, and he was just using this dude as a punching bag when someone's actually striking efficiently back, 
He's going to get tired quicker. Um, he's going to have to move more away from this little dude. And, you know, I, I think he's going to be gassed by the end of the second round, halfway through the third, to the point where maybe Jan could capitalize because Jan's not going to get gassed. Mm. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll wait for the prop. I'll see what it is. If it's something crazy, like $15, $20 odds or something, like just something, which, I mean, it usually sort of is for, for what we're sort of talking about, who these two guys are. I can imagine the odds. Sean O'Malley, first round KO would be pretty high. So, yeah, I mean, I probably will take a sprinkle on that because, as we said, that's probably where his advantages lie. When Peter Yarn's taking it slow, when he's got his most energy, he can run out, rush. Um, yeah, so maybe I will. Um, I won't be too confident on it. It'll be yeah, like yeah. a $2, $2 bet or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing crazy. I mean, I'm going to put most of my money probably on Yon decision. Um, but that's probably negative odds too. The one thing that is interesting uh, is that that prop. Uh, and then DraftKings does it real interesting where they tie a, a KO with a TKO and a disqualification. So you have KO, TKO, DQ, all one. Is that how yours does okay. it too? I've seen it before, but uh, typically I don't think so. I think with a DQ, we usually get refunded or something. Okay. Or maybe they half, they half the odds, I think, as well. I've seen them also do. So if it's a two-to-one, you just get even money on that leg. Um, okay. Yeah. And they do double double chance finish, too, where you can take Jan by knockout and decision. So if one of those things pans out, you get paid. Um, that saved my ass a lot. I'm, I'm a, it, yeah, right? I love them. Yeah, the double chances are really good. They're good. Okay. So, yeah, I might, I might look at that for him and then I might just sprinkle o- an O'Malley finish because that way you're covering your ass. If, if Peter Jan wins by knockout or decision, he's not going to win by submission. I would be so, I'll be mm. eating my words right now if he, if he wins by a decision. You're covering yourself probably a little bit more, um, realistic that a knockout or decision happens. And then, like, you're also kind of, Shooting for the moon, as they say, uh, you know, throwing five or ten bucks down on O'Malley money line. But um, yeah, man, I think that we're in agreement on that. And then Aljo Dillashaw, we talked about a little bit as well. I don't like Dillashaw, dude. I'm not. I'm, I'm impartial <laughs> to Sterling. I think that he. Uh, I think Dillashaw really robbed Sanhagen. I know that's not his fault. It's the dumb judging. But um, I also I do like Sanhagen. But yeah, Sanhagen won that fight. I agree. Um... Yeah, uh, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's probably going to be. I think it's probably going to be Aljo. Um, I don't like Aljo, uh, but I think just the wrestling, the submission traps, uh, the height and length. Um, yeah, I, I think I just think that's what's going to get it for him. Um, do you think TJ's still in the gear? I think he might still be on the gear. That's Wait, a that's a bold claim. Oh, so, you know, he got done for EPO. He got done for steroids and EPO and stuff. So there's a lot of talk still that um, people still think that he is on the gear and he's still taking stuff. Um, I don't doubt I it, there's dude. Probably a, yeah, I think there's probably a good chance that he is still on some sort of gear, to be honest with you. So do you think um, something happens where this fight falls through? Um... How far away is it? Three, four weeks? Nah, October. I don't think I don't think that's in threat. But I think it plays a part in uh, this. Is, this is a championship fight, so it's five rounds. The thing that he did get popped for before was a stamina increasing drug, from what I know. 
um, called EPO, and it was to do with his weight cutting. Um, he was finding that it, it, the weight cuts were making his stamina like depleted. So he was he took this thing and it was able to make his stamina grow after weight cuts or something or other. I don't quite understand it all, but um, yeah, a lot of people still think he's on that. Um, and this is a five round fight with a guy who typically like likes to go long. Um, so yeah, I, I think Aljamain's going to take it. Unfortunately, like I said before, I just want them both to break each other's legs at the same time <laughs> or something. But <laughs> yeah, we'll we see what help. happens. I guess yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, dude. I, I like, I like. I said, I, I don't, I don't hate Aljo. I don't hate Dillashaw either. I just think, uh, man, it, for some reason, John Jones is the only one that I'm okay with uh, cheating, just because he was such an entertaining fighter. <laughs> he can cheat all damn day, dude. As far as I'm concerned, it's still cheating, and it sucks. I like DC a lot, and it sucks that he probably won those fights because he was doping. Um, but I don't know. The dude's a, an incredible watch, and. and you can't say the same with Dillashaw. Dillashaw, if Dillashaw came out with the fireworks that John Jones did, I'd say, hey man, maybe I'd like him more. But his style's not that awesome. Um, it, it, it's not so much as of late. I will say, and I hate that I'm even defending him. But if you go <laughs> back to some of these early Cody Garbrandt fights and stuff, they were pretty electric. Were they the lead okay? up to them, the press conference, there was bad blood between them. They even did a tough series um, where they coached against each other, Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. Um, there was the whole uh, whole thing where Conor McGregor was involved, calling out uh, TJ for being a snake and all this sort of stuff. It was pretty exciting back then. But no, I agree with you, TJ, after the suspension, TJ fighting Corey Sanhagen and stuff, not the most exciting. So what is their age difference real quick? I did want to check that because if, uh, I mean, we know that Garbrandt is kind of washed. I, I mean, it's tough to say that someone like him is washed, but he is. I mean, let's, let's face it. He's not what he once was. If Dillashaw was at his prime when uh, when Garbrandt was, then maybe if there's a significant age difference, that would just be another reason. Because I'm starting to really realize the, these younger dudes, like I don't care if it's a 22-year-old 20, versus a 25-year-old. The 22-year-old is coming up in a more technical, okay, three-year, anything crazy. But, I didn't actually realize uh, LJ going, was that old. Yeah, I thought he was younger too. He's taller. He's got a, a more significant reach. Not that, you know, with uh, Aljo's fighting style, a reach really matters too much. I guess it does, actually, because you can get in more chokes. Um, your wrestling is definitely a little more Body triangle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the leg reach, they don't show here for some reason. But uh, he's taller. He's younger. He fought more recently. He fought Peter Jan twice. Um, they both beat Sanhagen. I actually think that Dillashaw lost to Sanhagen. I think that it clearly Sterling beat Sanhagen. I think it's uh, it's Sterling all day. So, um, mm-hmm. you in agreement there? You think? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Uh, and I'm just taking a quick look at the odds. If I can find them right here, Aljamain Sterling is the favorite. Um, TJ Dillashaw's two dollars thirty-five, so nearly two and a half to one. Yeah, I mean that's pretty decent odds for Aljamain to win two dollars sixty-five um, as a favorite. You can make some put money a, on that. Put a hundred down, you get a hundred sixty. You're saying? Yep yeah yeah why not dude i mean pick uh so that's pretty good pick the pick the double uh double method decision and uh submission on mm. Aljo, and you'll probably you'll probably be pretty safe there with that i don't think yeah, he's much get, of a striker uh, you probably get close to two to one on that i would imagine if he's a dollar okay. 65 money line you probably get two to one on the on the double all right dude 
Big one here. Um, can I just say this real quick, man? I don't think that Islam deserves this. I really don't think that he deserves this fight right now. Um, you look at who he's fought. Let me lay out my case for anyone that might disagree. You look at who the dude's fought. I understand he's dominant. Um, you know, he has Khabib's blessing, which, you know, people put up on this massive pedestal. I'm not a big Khabib fan, dude. I don't think he should be in the GOAT conversation, even though he's undefeated. That's me. Um, he's not, I, maybe he is top 10 all time for me, but he's not the very best. I, I just can't put him there. The best fighter that he's fought by far, which we just talked about right before this became kind of washed up, unfortunately, because we both like him, is Dan Hooker. And Dan Hooker, if I looked right, he's ranked 68 on Tapology. Um, I don't even think the UFC has him in the top 15 anymore. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Let me double check here. Where's lightweight? Yeah, he's he's ranked 14. Okay, 14. Okay, man. Uh, I don't think he should be there at 14 personally, but I mean, this is this is the official numbers, I guess. What are your thoughts on that, dude? Because like, I I don't know. I mean, he comes into the UFC and fights really people that I haven't heard of, man. To be honest, um, yeah, I agree. It maybe he probably needed one more to really solidify it. Um, in my mind, I would have liked to have seen him fight Benil Dariush. I think that was an appropriate test. Um, yeah. yeah, the Dan Hooker and the Bobby Green fights were basically gimmies. I like yeah. both guys. I like Bobby. I like Dan. Um, but they were like Dan Hooker was like on a week, I think. Bobby Green was on a couple of days, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, he shouldn't be fighting for the championship. I think it's a timing thing. Uh, Benil was like the UFC wanted him to fight Benil, but Benil wasn't ready and UFC Dubai was coming up and they wanted this to happen at UFC Dubai. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am taking Charlie Olives. Um, I'm going to go with Char- Charles Oliveira. Like, cause I, I cannot doubt the dude anymore. I faded yeah. him so many times Me and proven too. wrong so many times in like in insane fashion, you know, uh, in the yeah, first round most of the time i think dustin yeah. poirier is the only one to get him to round two i mm. like you dude i faded him against poirier against gaichi against chandler which i feel dumb for doing that now with especially chandler even though again i like chandler um who here in the top 15 would you say should get the fight instead of islam because again i mean you know i think he islam should have fought gaichi i think he'd probably beat him but at least it's it's fair. Um, Poirier would be an interesting one too because Poirier, people don't realize how good he is with jujitsu. Um, I think if he was ready right now, Alexander Volkanovsky. Oh, really? Mm. I think Islam Makachev fight. fight no, Makachev. I think I think. Oh, you, who should Islam fight is what you're saying? No, no, is no. That... I'm sorry. Charles, Charles. I'm sorry. Yeah, Charles. Right. Yeah. I've, if if he was ready, if he had been ready for this card, I reckon it should have been Volkanovsky. Interesting. Yeah, I think he, I think he should have, like, he wanted it. He does want it. Um, I think Oliveira's open to it. Definitely could have run off the hype from the last win and kept that whole hype thing going, gone into this super fight, double champ, all the rest of it would have sold like crazy because it's a yeah. big fight would have given time for Islam to get that one more fight against the Benil or whoever, even, a, even a Sarukian who's like ranked 10 or something and fighting Benil this weekend, even Sarukian versus 
Um, I mean, Gamrot, sorry, even Gamrot versus Islam would have been interesting because Islam's already fought Sarukian in um, his debut. Uh, and that was very competitive. Um, but yeah, I That's think a yeah. Volkanovsky fight would have been interesting. That's very interesting. You're basically not even mentioning anyone that's officially in the weight class. And I can't say that I disagree at all. Um, I mean, RDA, no fucking way. Uh, and he fought. bottled that fight. Islam said that he would fight RDA um, when RDA was fighting. Who was RDA? RDA was supposed to fight someone recently and it dropped out. Um, he ended up fighting Hernando Moicano. Uh, but when his fight dropped out, Islam offered the fight on Twitter, said, I'll fight you, blah, 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 next weekend. And RDA was like, no worries, let's fight then. Are you like, are you going to fill in? I need someone to fight. And then Islam like just didn't respond and just like completely fucked it all up. And the UFC was really pissed off because they took that as like a real offer. And they were like, oh, Islam wants to fight RDA. Let's try and make this happen. And then he just bottled it and it didn't happen. And so they were going to punish Islam and make him fight Dariush before he got this chance. But as I was saying before, the timing just didn't work out and they wanted Islam to fight at Dubai. So he ends up getting the chance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, and the fight that you bring up here too would be interesting. I, this is a goofy ranking system. The men's pound for pound Volkanovsky is number one since Usman fell to four. Um, so you have the pound for pound one versus the pound for pound three. That is interesting for sure. For sure. But um, yeah, man, I hope Charles gets it, dude. I like Charles a lot more, even though I think he's doing some weird voodoo shit. I, th- I honestly do. <laughs> I, think, I think he does some weird shit in brazil um nothing against it i think if it works you know and you're you're comfortable with that use it but like even down to the uh, alter ego of him bleaching his hair that's a very strange thing to do it and like israel adesanya talks about this a lot talks about like um protection spells that his coach puts on him and stuff when he goes in and fights people think that it's joking and, and maybe it is maybe it's a placebo thing but i think that stuff's interesting especially since i'm like all into conspiracies and shit but um yeah, dude, I, I can't see Charles losing this fight. And a lot of people are picking him to win this. A lot of other fighters. Um, I don't know exactly what the uh, what topology says. I know he's an under going into this. And it is kind of two and a half, two and a half to one odds on Charlie, which I will take. I'll take that. I will even take the double. I'm going to take the mission. I will take that double. And that will probably be four to four or five to one. Sorry, you cut out. You cut out there real bad. My computer's glitching out. What what was that? You'll take the double? Yeah, I think I'll take the double on Charles Oliveira by KO or submission. And I think you'll get pretty good odds for it as well. Yeah, I don't see this going to decision for five rounds. Five rounds, dude. Um, mm. Has Makachev hasn't... I mean, Oliveira hasn't fought in a fourth round either. They've never done the championship rounds, I don't think, with Oliveira. I don't believe so. But I know for a fact Makachev's never even entered into a fight that was five rounds so, yeah actually no i could be wrong he might have fought um into like some sambo five rounder or something um but when it comes to mma i don't believe he's ever fought a five rounder okay um do you think that maybe this is kind of set up to try and you know for the story the wwe aspect of it just to bring khabib back to fight charles because that would be epic i would actually really enjoy that I know that's a thought on everyone's mind. And I know Dana probably has hopes that that might happen. And I don't believe that um, 
it's not a possibility. Like I believe there is a chance that yes, like if Oliveri goes out and just fucking starches Islam, that maybe there is a very small chance that Khabib gets back in shape and comes out to be like, you know, if you need a job done, do it yourself type thing. Um, but I think that chance is very small just from what Khabib said. Like he's very, I would, I'm not out of shape, but he, he's walking around at like 200, 210 pounds. Um, that's a 60 pound weight cut. He also doesn't want to fight now that his dad's died. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like that storyline and I like that there's a small chance that could happen. Yeah. It would be I know cool. That, I know that a lot of people are thinking that and I know that's on Dana's mind too, for sure. If anyone could cut 60 pounds in a, in a year, I think Khabib could, even though I don't consider him to be one of the greatest uh, of all time, like it, it, which is crazy. I know a lot of people are probably like, how the hell can't you? Um, I think he's very disciplined. He's very, very disciplined. He could definitely cut 60 pounds in a year for sure and, yeah. and do it in a healthy way to where he could come back. But I think, honestly, I think at this point in Oliveira's game, I think he beats Habib too, honestly. I, I, I can't see the dude losing until he actually loses, and then I'll be like, okay. Um, guys just come such a long way, man. But I, it sounds like, I mean, we can talk about this shit all night, dude. Um, it's nighttime over here. I know it's daytime over there. Um, I'm down to wrap up. Just, you know, we, we wanted to get something together, just kind of like shoot the shit on, on a few things. I thought it was dope, dude. Um, yeah, man. I don't know if you, if you wanted if you want to continue doing a show, we got to come up with a name. <laughs> I like that name that you had. Okay. I don't even remember what it was. But Casual I'm KO, sure. dude. Casual KO okay. podcast. Yeah, that's cool. Do you like it? Yeah, man. Yeah. I say we go for it. What time is it over there, by the way? Right now it's 8.39 p.m. here. Uh, it's 1.40 in the Arvo in the afternoon. Okay. And you're on your Friday right now or Thursday? Uh, Thursday. Yeah, one forty in the afternoon on Thursday. Let me just double check here. Because I think... If I remember right, you're on the same time as Brisbane. Yeah, that's pretty much that's where I live, basically. Yeah, you said 139. <laughs> so yeah, it's 139 in Brisbane. Yeah, you're 17 hours ahead of me. So yeah, we can coordinate that. I mean, I'm down usually, to do it. Oh, usually it would be about an hour and a half to two hours from now. That's probably the more optimum time because usually I'd be at work right now. An hour and a half to two hours from now, so Okay. I mean, on Wednesday, as long as it's Wednesday, which is perfect time for Saturday, dude. Like if we're talking about shit going down on Friday and Saturday, because I mean, like Bellator is not off the table to talk about too. And uh, mm. like Cage Warriors and all this other stuff. LFA is always fun. Um, I'm down to talk about it. There's no shortage of this shit. We got a cool card coming up that we can kind of fuck around with too, with uh, Mackenzie Dern. And uh, mm. yeah, man. I mean, I'm down to do it. If you are, dude, I think that'll be dope. Do a little casual KO podcast here. Yeah, man, for sure. I like any time that I can get the excuse to just talk shit about fighting for ages, I'll take it. <laughs> well, dude, and I'll tell you what we'll do too. Um, Cause the audience, my audience, hopefully a decent amount of them will come over there um, with the podcast feed. We'll get paid per plays and we can use that money that we make to bet. We can use that in like a <laughs> joint betting account. And then yeah, I can just fuck, like, yeah you know paypal you the cash like split or something and we can yeah. like do the parlay kind of thing like uh like ariel does with his group you know like we i, I can pick <laughs> yeah. two fights two outcomes you pick two outcomes and uh you know maybe give listeners like uh 
something you know send yeah. send like one listener something with that cash and just like kind of fuck around with it but yeah man it'll be fun to that to could bet be with fun someone. yeah for yeah sure, some fun with it yeah. dude i love this shit dude i've been obsessed like since you know a couple like i'd say two years ago i got really into it um again i felt like a new real passion for it so i'm down to talk about it and uh it's cool to get different perspectives from literally across the world so i think it'll be cool man, yeah, man. for sure and i like i like not agreeing on every bet that's that's the best thing when you don't agree on on all the bets when you've there's there is some that you do like you have different thoughts on and you think they're going to go different ways i think like that's the funnest that's what i like about the no no bets barred podcast they don't yeah. agree on everything they have a lot of fights where they're like going opposite directions and that makes it fun yeah well and that's funny too because then like the show isn't wrong like you know if i pick yeah. one guy you pick the other guy one of us is going to win it so it's like you, yeah. know, you can't you can't be like oh these guys never get the right picks there's some betting shows out there dude like on youtube i'm not going to mention names but they're fucking bad like they're bad and so Mm. i'm not saying that we're going to come out here and get like a perfect record or anything but like what makes them bad to me is they say that they don't miss any of their bets they'll be like yeah we're like 50 and 3 on this dana white contender series thing so far and you go back to the last episode and they missed three of the five fights on that one and it's mm. like, dude, no, you're 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 lying to your audience, first of all, and you're trying to get people to like lose money because they blindly trust your picks. It's fucking dumb. So, um, mm. yeah, I just want to get out there and like, you know, have some fun and maybe like, uh, you know, kind of create some kind of cool community. So, yeah, for sure, man. I'm down, dude. We'll do it on Wednesdays and Thursdays. We can see what's up uh, this this coming Wednesday. I'll put this out um, on my podcast, see what people think of it, and uh, we'll see what's up. Sounds good, man. For sure, cool, man. Well, I'm going to end this uh, recording real quick. And uh, I guess from now on, this is the casual KO podcast, dude. I like the name for sure. It's kind of (laughs) kind of dub. So uh, thanks everyone that did listen to it. And we'll be coming at you every week, hopefully um, with more of these.